Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the sacred icon podcast where we talk all things halo but we're not here to talk about halo today (laughs) oh no that's because we're podcasting from the southlands and they're on fire right now but we don't care we're still gonna podcast you know brian i said brian you want to do it there's a lot of smoke and ash going on right now and he's like i I mean i don't see why not my internet's still up i said mine too so we're here and we're gonna do it so we're yeah, gonna they don't talk got comcast anymore, like, <laughs> we're gonna talk uh some rings of power back for part two covering the this first season of the show and uh excited to be here and talk about this i'm your your co-host i was about to say my host co-host we're both co-hosts we're both hosts joshy hargis join with me as always this is my buddy my pal my friend it's early we're here <laughs> we're excited it's brian harvett brian buddy what's up friendlies man is it crazy brian that we're here already we waited years for this show to come out and now it's here and we're the season one's already under the well, belt you could get me on a on a spiel already josh because i was thinking at work i'm like you know what josh made a, a statement I think you've made this statement several times over years about different shows, and I think I've finally come to full agreement with you. Shows gotta be not eight episodes, man. Shows shows gotta be like I'm not saying Rings of Power, big budget stuff, you know, House of the Dragon, like that type of stuff. It doesn't have to be twenty eight episodes like freaking Mad Men or what or whatever other mm-hmm. big shows, you know. But I mean, at least get to the ten, preferably maybe twelve or fifteen, but like eight just the thing is, it doesn't matter because, like, I would argue that Rings of Power, as a eight episode, nine hour affair, does feel like a very complete, big cinematic story arc. Mm-hmm. 
But when you put it in the show format with one episode a week, a month and a half for your entire show's run just doesn't cut it for me. You know what I mean? Like, I first heard about this, I think it was 2016, I first heard this show was announced. It feels like, like it was being produced. It feels like it, at least. It comes out, and on a one-week, an episode drip, it's uh, one, one episode a week drip, it's uh, a month and a half. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, I'm not disappointed at all, but still. It is I pretty weird. I mean, Jesus, you look at how fast it went. I mean, Irwin, I was talking to Erwin at work, and he said the same thing. You feel like it went kind of fast? And I was like, yeah. I mean, we got the two-episode premiere right away, so then that already cut into it. You know, yep. so then it was just six more. Good thing though, six more episodes. Yes, for sure, for sure. That first episode had no no hooks at all. I said right. that in the last episode, and I, I think too that's a big reason why I feel like I mean, as we'll get into, I feel like that's a big reason why this show went way too fast for me in terms of its pacing. That's probably a contributing factor. Is just that it was like mm. I, it feels like over before I knew it. I didn't have time to get yeah. used to it in a no. way. But you know what? Since we're talking about this, I have never uh, a disagreement. Eric and I have not not just really a disagreement, more of a she feels she just feels differently than I do. Um, we've been watching this show on Hulu called The Patient with Steve Carell. Okay, and what's his name? The guy who plays uh, General Hux. Oh yeah, I can't think of his name. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's 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 Steve Carell from The Office, yeah. and you know I I Dom Hall Gleason. Dom, Dom Hall Gleason. Um. And it's called The Patient, and it's Hulu's. It's one of Hulu's big shows, exclusive to Hulu, and it only comes out one episode a week. But every episode's just over twenty minutes. And I've told Ooh. Erica, I told Erica, I'm like, this just does not work for me because there's not enough intrigue and enough buildup for me to come back to this twenty minute episode about a therapist and a murderer. Like, I wait a week for twenty three minutes. You know, like, it's weird because Andor's been phenomenal, but it's like thirty odd minutes an episode. And it ends in the most abrupt places. Great show, really? but yeah, after that, every time it ends, I'm like, oh, 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 it's over already. I thought, holy mm-hmm. shit, I figured we had another like 15. That's actually how I feel about Mad Men. So, you know, oh, okay, like, isn't that like, what, I'm like, actually rewatching Mad Men or not rewatching? I'm watching Mad Men for the first time, and every episode just kind of ends. I feel like. How are you liking it? Oh, I love it, dude. dude so good. It's up there with the top show. What season are you in? Six, second to last. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're farther than I am. Then I only got up to. Oh, you four? never finished it? Okay. No, I never finished it because I got up to four and then I was caught up and then I just never went back and finished it. It's funny because I've heard a few people say the quality of it drops. I don't think the quality of it drops at all. But what I do notice is since they are going through like the 50s, 60s, and 70s, mm-hmm. as the decades change, it has me I, – I preferred the earlier decades of yeah. the first season. Yeah. So it's not the season quality. It's just everything's different. I thought it, I thought I had a great finale just based off well, everything I saw from it, but – Josh, there's someone in the back yelling, like, guys, I came here for Rings of Power. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I'm sure they Mad probably Man. like this, though, too. They, they okay. probably find this refreshing. i so, got to tell a quick story before we get into it. Okay, Brian go ahead, Josh. This is Middle Earth related, guys. I don't know if you saw this in the Discord. I could not stop quoting off Middle Earth stuff at work. And okay. Erwin, <laughs> Erwin, who is normally sociable in the first, like, four hours of the shift. Like, I, I go in there, I'm tired. And I'm just trying to wake up. Erwin is like asking me tons of questions usually just trying to chat and everything it helps him wake up well at the end of the shift it's like the complete opposite I was literally in there I went up to him and we had the store I work in a grocery store guys it smelled like smoke at one point and it was just the bakery but it smells like smoke and he was he was like did you, you smell that smoke and I went it's Sauron. You know, and, then, and then what was it later on one of my co-workers one of, one of my other co-workers was like does that smell like does that smell like something's burning in the bakery? I was like, oh, that's not what's burning. She's like, you know, what is it? And I said, it's the Southlands. 
and Numenor will answer. Erwin and I went in the back and we're like taking our trash bag and everything. And I go one way, he goes another, like in a T intersection, basically. And <laughs> I come back over to him and I'm like, I'm yelling over to him. I'm like, hey, Erwin. He looks very serious at me, like, what? And I'm like, I just heard Gondor called for aid. And then he looks like, are you fucking kidding me? And I went, <laughs> and Rohan will answer. <laughs> Josh, no, no one was ready for this tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude, I was. Oh man, it's. Uh, I, and I got a one more. I got to tell one more. I, it was so funny. And then I was sitting there, we're facing up stuff, and I'm like by the salsa con queso, and I'm like, Irwin, Irwin, you know what? He's like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm looking at the salsa con queso, these tomato chilies, and all this stuff. You know what, man? Uh, you know what's missing? He's like, what's that? I'm like. Well, we need a few good taters. <laughs> well, we, and, then, and then my other coworker, she's like, I don't like. She, I, she doesn't. She's not seen these movies. That she's not understanding the context at the time. <laughs> Bless her heart. But she's like, she's like, I don't really, I don't really like those. And I was like, you don't like, you don't like have a few good taters. And she's like, no. And I'm like, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, no. She's like, I only really like them when they're like French fries and stuff. And I was like, oh. Okay. Oh, you know what you should have said when she said you should have said, You're hopeless. <laughs> no, she would have not known out of context. I would have felt so bad. But it was a blast. At one point I was navigating around Irwin and I was like, you know what I should have done? I should have went through the mines of Moria. My cousin <laughs> Baden would have gave you a royal welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I was you did the good you roll the tongue there. At, at one point too, I left the I left his aisle and I was like, just like Beaufort said. I wish you all the luck in the world, Irwin. <laughs> and then, and then the he very last out, he's like, "I'm ready to get away." Yeah, from the God. very last thing that started to drive him nuts was they were starting to give me shit because I was like on cloud nine, I was super hyper and everything. And <laughs> and then uh, I said, "Well, I'll just go into the next aisle and speak to the only person who makes sense in this place." And Irwin goes, "Who's that?" And I go, "Myself, Mister Irwin." <laughs> <laughs> did he really let you? Did he really throw the? He set me up with that. One. He helped set me up with that one. But the wow. uh, but the other ones, uh, the other ones, he was just, Irwin. he was just deadpanned. And I said, "I'm I, I'm sorry, Irwin." He's like, "No, I'm just I'm tired, but I'm 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 there. I'm here for it." <laughs> That's great. It's funny you said not not anywhere to your extent, but that happened a little bit this morning with me and Erica because I I so I I I showed Erica my tweet that said, um, I shared the quote from Rings of Power that was, maybe you saw it, Josh, I said, a burden shared, maybe halved or doubled, oh, yeah. depending on the heart that receives it. Yeah, so good. And, uh, well, then later I was, like, trying to give her a hug, and she was, like, not taking the hug. She she wanted, she was doing something <laughs> else, and I, and I, and I said, I want my burden to be halved, and she said, she looked at me with these cocky eyes, she's like, are you gonna double mine? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we, do a little uh, we bit have of that. fun here we have fun yeah we have fun here <laughs> but all right guys um so the main thing we really want to talk about is like the finale and our final thoughts on the show and like the big reveals and stuff but i took i rewatched the episodes and took some notes to to get us through episode uh five six seven and then we'll conclude on eight because uh, we the last part we covered the first four um, Josh, I'll just throw some things out at you, and we can talk about them. So, episode five, which was titled "Partings." Um, okay, let's go through my notes here. So, this is the episode that starts out with that amazing song, that one, the Wandering Day song that plays. That Remember that where scene? Poppy sings? Oh yeah, yeah, that was you a know, banger. One, yeah, that was, that was, uh, was really good. Honestly, that let's see, that episode came out you know four weeks ago, whatever. My wife has sang that to our baby all week, every week since. 
that came out. Very wholesome. The Wandering Dead. Very wholesome. Yeah, the so, baby's like, I have, River Kate's like, I have no idea what you're singing right now. Oh, it's a good thing, too, because you don't know what I sing to her. I, I just look at her and I just make up stuff. I'm like, you've got two eyebrows <laughs> and you haven't seen any cows. I just picture Brian singing oh, Deftones. You're just walking out of the room and you look over at River Kate and you're like, I watched you change. <laughs> That's pretty good because I actually am. Like you never. <laughs> <laughs> Had wings, ah. <laughs> and you like wiggling her back and forth. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, I will say that that Hardfoot song was really good. Um, I think Bear McCreary did a great job on the score. I know it's just kind of its own sub conversation, but like I wasn't still super keen on it compared to Howard Shore stuff. I didn't feel like it kind of hit that same like tone. But when I heard stuff like that, um. I was like, oh, man, this feels very – this feels like it takes place in the same world. So I, I agree know. and disagree. I I think Bear McCreary's score is the best I could have hoped for, and it's, it's – I still like think really, it's very good. It's a really great continuation of, of Howard Shore. I, I feel like it does invoke a lot of the same things for me. But Howard Shore's stuff was on, on a, another plane – I mean, it was another plane of existence. It was it was John Williams' Star Wars. You know, Otherworldly. Like, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't get there. Yeah, so Wondering Day song was awesome. Uh, episode five partings is also where Nori has the conversation with a stranger and she says the word peril and he's like, peril, what's that mean? And she's like, danger, bad. And he's like, I'm peril. And she's like, no, he's you're like good. The detergent. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. So this episode, I just I thought that was worth mentioning because episode five sets up like the whole peril and good and like the stranger sees that good. foreshadowing kind of coming. Yeah. Good means like, how I guess, how do you describe good without saying it? People want me around. I'm doing things that are helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, Episode 5, Partians, also introduced the Mystics. The first time we see the Mystics. Oh, that's right. Uh, I, I liked... I, see, I really liked that, too, because I felt like it was getting to a point where the momentum was starting to shift. Like, okay, we kind of got introduced. First couple episodes introducing you to the characters. Yeah. Giving you some teases, maybe a little bit of foreshadowing. Creating that speculation. Episode 5 is where it starts to kind of roll downhill. In the good way, like where the ball gets rolling. And then yeah. having stuff like that... That was probably the episode where I realized, okay, I do like the Hardfoot stuff. It's not that I didn't like it prior in the first four episodes, but you go into the show, I'm thinking, like, I do love Hobbits, but, like, we've had six movies of that. Why do we have him here? And then I'm like, if this guy is Gandalf, makes great sense why he loves Hobbits and has such an affinity for him. Is all this DNA being built right here? But I'm like, I don't know yet. And then you get to episode five, and it's doing the singing, and then she's having that conversation with him, and he... Bear McCreary does have this theme for him that is just phenomenal. I, I love the mm-hmm. theme he's got for him. So yeah, I loved it in this episode. Yeah, no, uh, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a the Hobbits are the main are, are my number one. Like, I don't want to go ahead and say number one, but they're definitely close to number one, if not number one. Reason I love Tolkien stuff. I love the Hobbits. So I was, I'm always. There's never gonna be enough movies. To give me a movie just I about literally the remember all they do is eat and and and. Smoke. I remember there being like I was half asleep and I, I hadn't even seen one of the episodes yet. And you're like in the uh, one ring to rule them all uh, Discord channel, and you're like, you're like, uh, this episode was great, but uh, it's like a nine out of ten for me. Uh, one point missing because it didn't have any Harfoots in it. <laughs> so Brian loves. And I stand Brian by that. And, and and I get that. I get that. They're probably my favorite part now of the show, but we'll get into that. Um. So yeah. So interesting thing that I don't know if you ever thought this, Josh. I don't think we talked about it, but I Eric did. and I did. Um, in that same episode, this is this this is where those three wolves attack the Harfoots, and then the stranger does like a ground pound from Halo Five and yeah. takes them out. Yep. <laughs> well, 
me and some people online, I know I wasn't alone, thought that those three wolves, they showed up right after we saw the three mystics. Yeah. So we thought maybe the three mystics were the three wolves and they could they were like transforming, you know, mm. werewolf type beings. They did exist in total Oh, that's lore. juicy, juicy. Um, but as the episodes went on and now we've seen the finale, pretty confident those were just three wolves. That, that was just wolves. Yeah, they're just wolves. They're just wolves. Um, okay. I don't think I don't I think it's think, mystics because yeah. No, I didn't think of that actually. That that I could see why though. Looking back, that would have been a great two and two. Yeah. Wow. But now because it's like they showed three mystics, didn't say anything about them, then they showed three wolves attacking. But the thing is, the wolves only try to like the wolves try to attack real quick. He does the ground pound, they leave, and then when the when the mystics inevitably inevitably meet with the stranger in the final episode. That seems to be their first meeting. It doesn't seem like they're like, oh, we tried to attack you as wolves, and then you encountered you before, but not as yeah. you knew us. So, yeah, that just uh, that, I don't think that was the thing there. Um, okay, so another interesting thing, really interesting thing, um, now that we've seen the finale. And, dude, I'm telling you right now, because I just watched a few of the episodes to be prepared for this again this morning. There is so many seeds planted throughout the show to make rewatching it. Amazing. Are you saying the seeds of like, our future are sown in our past? Yes. Just like so we got all kinds of Halo 5 going on in the <laughs> show. Ground pounds, seeds. It's all connected. Um But uh do you remember that scene in this is episode five where Halbrand and Galadriel are discussing he's like smithing a sword and they're in front of a fireplace and she's trying to convince him to come along to the Southland. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so this I'm gonna end up like mutating a bit of the finale in with this segment here. I don't want I, I want to stick to episode five mainly, but like He's basic. Basically, she was trying to get him to go back to the Southlands and be their king and redeem himself because he had that pouch that signified he was the king of the Southlands. And he kept saying, no, I don't want to be king. I don't want to leave here. I want to stay in Numenor. And she's like, you got to go, you know, you, you, you let, let go of your past. You know, it's behind you. And he's like, if people knew the dark things that I'd done, they would never forgive me. That's what Halbrand said. Uh-huh. And all this stuff, and then um, she's basically like, "You need, you need to come along, anyways." And um, so, what's interesting is there's that scene, and then later in the episode, he grabs, he sets down that pouch on the table, the pouch from the Southland King, and he's leaving, mm-hmm. and then he, and then it, it just the, the scene stays shot on the pouch, and then he comes back and picks it up, and next thing we know, it's not till episode. The next episode, I believe, or no, no, what happens later this episode? What am I saying? He goes to accept he, that he'll go along and help fight in the Southlands and and be their king. So that that moment of him setting the pouch down and picking it up was him like deciding. What I'm trying to get to here is is that he ends up saying in the finale that he was trying to be repentant and he was trying to change and 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 be better than he was when he was under Morgoth. And I just reread part of the Cimmerillion last night to verify this. Um, that was in Tolkien's writings. Like he had a brief moment of like, okay, Morgoth's gone. I've done terrible things. I want to be repentant. I want to be forgiven. I want to. I want to change. I want to be good. And that's what they pulled from when they did this show. Halbrand was trying to be good. He wanted to stay in Numenor. He says that in the final episode. He says that in episode five. He wanted to stay in Numenor, become a smith. And Galadriel keeps pushing him and pushing him to go back and go fight. And then once she keeps pushing him, he's basically like. Okay, if I'm going to the Southlands, I'm going to take this pouch, and I'm gonna like I'm gonna deceive people, and I'm gonna and she start she kind of inadvertently helps start him back down that path of being you know going yeah. Back if I'm not to mistaken, he sails to tries to go to Valinor to talk to the Valar and ask to to repent for his 
his his ways, his errors. That make you know what, dude? That makes actually. I don't think. And where, where are you saying you got that from? That information. Well, I got that from Nerd of the Rings on YouTube, and he's okay, pretty famed. So I, yeah, I no, trust I, him. I've, but uh, no, for sure, I've, I've listened to Nerd of the but, Rings. But uh, yeah, I think. Um, but but that's not um, that's not in the show though. No, but the show is obviously kind of doing its own thing, but taking. And I'm pretty sure the book. I'm pretty sure I read last night that he did not want. The Valar's forgiveness. No, to my understanding, from what the guy from that what that guy was saying is that yeah. he went there to like confront them and talk to them and try to repent for his deeds, but also like kind of have a, a big big convo about that. Not necessarily go like yeah. I'm sorry. That makes a lot of sense though, because they said they're going to reveal in season two why he was on the raft. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I yeah, think that's, that's the case. Good. Yeah, but I think cool. the timeline, of course, the then is a little bit different. I suppose. Like, I don't remember there being. I don't remember there being any mention in there of like. He goes there, but ends up getting uh, interrupted by Ta- Galadriel. I'm said Tariel. Miss you, Tariel. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> definitely taking they're definitely taking you know plenty of liberties, but like rereading the segment of the Cimmerillion that covers. You this can at season, least see the inspiration. Yeah, it's very. No, I mean it's very. It's actually really close. I don't think. I think a lot of people who just. And I'm not saying I'm. Uh, you know, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, especially like the whole Hallburn aspect. Like, I, but no, but it, it it plays out the exact same though, just with a different name. Yeah. Well, and he's a human and not a, not an elf. Did you see what? Did you see that Wesley corrected me in the in the? Discord? Yeah, I just say this is an Eaton Crow episode anyway, because the whole Hallbrand yeah. is Sauron thing. Uh, that's that's a big Eaton Crow moment yeah, for both of us. That's actually not what I was. Referring. You're talking about the elf sure. thing, right? He's not an elf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that actually wasn't a retcon of any kind. He was not. An well, elf, I mean, he did, when he showed up as Anatar to kill Rimbor, he was an elf. No, that's never written in Tolkien's works. I'm almost. I'm almost certain that's confirmed. Well, after Wesley said that to me, I thought I was certain too. So I went and researched the hell of it before replying to him, and I was wrong. <laughs> well, still shows He's up as a guy in, uh, by the name of Shadow Anatar. of Mordor. Still shows up as someone by the name of Anatar, not Halbrand. So. He does, but again, it's 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 a show, and it's it's going to take its own liberties. They don't have the rights to the name Anatar either, as far as we know. Yikes! You Anatar, got Jeff Bezos' Anatar. money, but you don't have enough Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos. Money. Well, they don't have the rights to the Cimmerillion. They only they only use. How do you not pay for that? Yeah, but that's a whole different conversation. It was a whole different conversation. It wasn't for sale, Josh. Well, for sale. put the money up anyway. I bet they'll if they're going to shell out for Dangle that. Dangle it like mithril over Jesus. the token. Again, you got De- Jeff Bezos' money. What the hell? Shell it out. Basically, Bezos was like Elrond, and he's like, "My people need the rights to the Cimmerillion, or we're going to die." And then one of the tokens was like, "I'll speak to my father," and then he was like, "No." <laughs> it's like the equivalent I'm just of going to build it up, and I'm like, I have nowhere going to go and asking your kid, like, or going and asking a friend when you're a kid to, to if they can come out and play, and they're like, I got to go ask my dad, and then they come back and go said no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, dad stuff. Yeah. Just yesterday, I was thinking. I told Eric, I'm like, please, please chastise me if I ever say to my daughter when she says I'm hungry. Oh, hey, hungry. My name's Dad. Please never let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, moving along. You ready, Josh? Move yeah, along? yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, Isildur, in this episode, he wants to go along to fight in the Southlands. His dad, Elendil, says, no, you haven't served in the Sea Guard and earned your way. So he tries to stow away in one of the boats, and then Farazan's son tries to go burn the boat down. And Isildur tries to stop him from burning the boat down, and they wrestle over a lantern, and it burns down anyways. And then Isildur says he saved Farazan, and Farazan wasn't doing anything wrong, and he gains enough respect from his father to get to go on the ship to the Southlands, uh, which is, I like that they're kind of setting up Isildur as somebody who wants to be good, but is continually kind of incompetent, like he's 
you know. Yeah, that's another thing too is like so much happens in the books uh, with with uh, is well, I shouldn't say so much happens in the books because yeah. Oh, what I'm trying to say, I'm sorry, is that so much uh, with these timeline timeline stuff is getting so condensed in the show. There's a part of me that's like, is this actually the Isildur and Elendil that we kind of know of? Or is this like just a, you know, I mean, it is, you know, but it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, I gotta, it, it's, this is the first time, honestly, in anything where I've known enough about a lo- like the lore beforehand to have that comparative, like buy it yeah. almost. Otherwise, most of the time I'm like, I mean, I knew of the Hobbit beforehand, but so much was expanded upon and the appendices were being pulled. So yeah. it was kind of a different story, but well, I feel like, I feel like if like the, the purists of purists had their way and a billion dollars was thrown at a show that tells the Cimmerillion word for word verbatim with thousands of years and time and different actors, mm-hmm. it would probably not capture anywhere near enough of an audience to make it worth the money spending on the project. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be adapted to a consumable format. Like, it's just like, you know, a lot of Halo fans out there, they could sit and watch an eight hour documentary about the behind the scenes of making Halo. But your average person who plays Halo does not want to waste eight hours watching a documentary of people doing storyboards and CGI modeling. You know what I mean? Like, so anyways, moving along. Um, so I didn't, this is something I wish I had looked up before we started talking, Josh. You know that king that lives at the top of the tower is always in bed, the old guy yeah. in Numenor? Yeah. You know his name is like, it's like Ty Palantir or something? Like Palantir is in his name, Palantir. Oh, no, I didn't know that. So I'm like... Is that in the canon? I should have looked beforehand. Is that in the canon? Is his name actually Palantir? And and were the were the scene stones named after him, or is that like an Amazon creation? Because like his <laughs> name, he has he has a Palantir in his right. little chamber, Palantir. and his name is Palantir. Ty like Ty Palantir or something. So yeah, um, thought that was interesting. I didn't um, know. I didn't know that. I just knew him as I, old man in bed who occasionally wakes up. Exactly. And here's another thing that ties into future episodes. He tells his daughter Muriel that she should not go to the Southlands because darkness awaits, alluding to the fact that she will be blind. Yeah, I liked that foreshadowing. That's that was neat. probably my favorite. Well, I do remember there was a part, I actually think it was an episode, I can't remember if it was three or four now. It was when, I think, Holbrin and Gladriel and all them first arrived in Numenor. And I want to say there was a line that the Queen is saying about how you know, evil could come to these lands. It could even walk among us right now. And I think the camera cuts over to Halbrand just walking. I, I could be wrong. Though. I'd have to rewatch. Yeah, there's that. a lot of there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of setup there for Halbrand. Which I'm, I'm hold on, Wesley. I'm getting to the crow moment at the end. You'll you'll get that <laughs> promise. Um, so moving along again, uh, we have the scene with Duran, Durin and Elrond sitting at the table, speaking to Gilgalad about, uh, or they're just kind of talking. And this is where Durin's like, you know, this table is sacred and it was supposed to be for a tomb and he's just basically just wants to take take the table um uh, which he ends up doing there's a good scene between him and elrond where he's like elrond's like that was a bunch of malarkey right and he's like yeah <laughs> this has been wanting a new table <laughs> for all that chili funny. she's been ma- that was this has been wanting a table for all that chili she's been making <laughs> at the time it happens in that episode i'm like eh like what what Come on. I felt like this is the brooch thing, the sigil that he, that uh, Halbrin's got to have in Numenor. Like, it just feels like pointless subplot uh, stuff. And then, uh, then yeah, they mentioned that at the end, and I was like, all right, actually, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So then um, so then we get to, uh, they're kind of, well, they're on their way back to Khazad-dûm. This is where Elrond tells him, yo, we need the Mithril, 
and we're going to die or have to leave these shores forever if we don't get it. And there's that cool scene. There's that really hilarious scene where Duran's like, he hears Elrond say that the fate of the elves rests in his hands. And he's like, can you say that one more time for me? And he's like, the fate of the elves rests in your hands. And he's like, they rest in whose hands? And he looks at the camera with like one eye. The power of the sun in the palm of my hands. Yeah. Yes. Duran is Doc Ock. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, well, um, but yeah, so uh, there's that conversation. Um, let's see here. Mm, I can't remember. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so that's where the setup is that, that Duran's going to try. He's like, I'm going to try, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to convince my dad. Then we go to Adar, and um, I didn't pick up on this. You know, a lot of times when you watch something for the first time, there's just too much information being thrown at you to pick it all up as you go. Uh, this is that scene where Adar is standing, looking at the sun, and this orc comes up to him, and he's like, the tunnels are done, the tunnels are ready, meaning the tunnels that are going to flood the water into Mount Doom. And then Adar's like, do me a favor, like, pull your sleeve open, put your arm in the sun real quick, and the orc, you can tell the orc doesn't want to do it, but he does it, mm-hmm. and it starts burning him, and, and Adar's like, what is the, what's this, what's it feel like? And he's like, it feels like fire. And Adar looks towards the sun, and he's like, I wish you could feel what I felt from the sun. Uh, I'm going to miss it alluding to the fact that they're about to make Mount Doom erupt and then the sun will be blotted out forever because he wants Mordor to be a place for his people to live without being in pain. Right. Uh, so I thought that was just kind of unique, like another, it wasn't really like a thing you'll catch when you go back necessarily because you could have caught it the first time. Yeah. But uh, I caught it, you know, going back. Yeah, I, I felt like something was up with that, like because the camera just focused on him for like a little bit. It was hovering on him as he's like taking that in yeah. and everything and then, yeah, holding the orc hand up or whatever. But um, like um, he was getting burned or whatever, if I'm not mistaken, is that that that's the scene? Yeah. yeah. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. No, I feel yeah. That's that felt like foreshadowing in the moment. I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna go exactly, but yeah. I was even. I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, are we gonna? Is that gonna be the finale of this season? Like, is it gonna be less some like rings thing, and that's mm-hmm. more like an end game or something? And yeah. this season's gonna be just that Southland's becoming Mordor. Boy, they, they're like, oh, we're going to do that very soon. Yep, next episode. Um, next, I'll touch on what is quite possibly the lowest moment of the entire show for me. Mm. This is the moment where Bronwyn goes in front of all of the people to speak and say how it wasn't her. She didn't want to lead, be their king, or she didn't want to be their leader, but she there's no king in the Southlands, and she'll she'll take up the, the leadership, and they got to fight back in the, at the tower against the darkness, and... Aaron Deer's there standing behind her, and then this is where Waldrig comes up, and he's like, that's all bullshit. we got to go join them, or else we're going to die. we got to join them. And this whole scene, the thing is, Bronwyn has zero character development for me. I actually like the actress. I could like the character. I don't hate the character, but she just has, like, no development at all. I don't feel like she really earned her place as, like, leader of these people. It just it just felt, felt weird to me. Uh, but then she that she does speak. I know I, I kind of want to bring this up because she mentioned she's not the king that was promised. And mm. then we do see in the next episode when Halbrand shows up, like, "Are you the king that was promised?" And she sees that pouch that he has on him. Yeah. And the pouch is from what I'm kind of putting. I, I don't know if this is a fact or not, but it kind of seems like it almost is because like they give us the pieces to put together. Um, we find out in episode eight that Gladriel sees there wasn't a, there hasn't been a king in the Southlands for a thousand years. So my assumption is he either took that, he either killed the King of the Southlands or took that off the King of the Southlands dead body a thousand years ago because this is Sauron. He's not, you know, a king, so. <laughs> it's a surprise tool we'll use later. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have to say about episode five is another cool, like, alluding to Hallbrand to Sauron moment. After Galadriel fights with, like, she's showing all the Numenorians her sword skills and having them fight and telling them how to fight orcs That and felt stuff. super TV. I was like, ah. Oh, it did feel super. I liked it, I liked, but it did no, feel very I agree. cliche. I, like, I did very like cliche. it, though. I did like it. it. Extremely cliche. It's just like, um... Oh, it's just it's just like the cliche of like, oh, we're going to take all your weapons, but this one guy has like a dagger in his pocket and a dagger in his shoe. Yeah. And, you know, like it's, it's cliche. But after she shows them all of that stuff, Hallbrand comes out and he like takes his foot, kicks a sword up off the ground into his hand and then spins it around real fancy. And then Galadriel really, really like in a passing scene quietly, she's like, I've never seen a smith that was able to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. This, this dude's Sauron. That's cool. <laughs> I remember that scene, but yeah, that's interesting context. Yeah. Gives okay, so longer. next, uh, moving on to the next episode. This is perhaps the episode that got the most excitement out of people. IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. They um, did? They gave it a perfect 10. Oof. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is episode called Udun. It is a very Udun. focused episode. It's a very action-packed episode. This episode pretty much revolves around, it starts with Bronwyn and Arendir and the villagers preparing themselves for this battle. Adar is planting those seeds because he, you know, he's an elf, he used to be an elf. Planting the seeds, he's having his orcs march on the tower. Uh, Josh, I'm just going to go through this a little bit and I'll come back to you for your opinions on it. You're good. Um, go they for go, it. They march to the tower, they get up to the tower, there's no one there. Arendir pops out, shoots like a cable, makes the tower fall assumedly kills a decent little chunk of orcs turns out they've all moved down to a different village um so then uh, they're they're preparing themselves at the village for the oncoming attack um and of course as planned they end up showing up to the village that they move to they have a fight with what seems like i don't know 50 or less orcs Mm -hmm. and they manage to to defeat them and they're all excited and they're celebrating and then Aaron Deer realizes that those weren't really, except for they did send a couple orcs to throw them off. But of the like 30, 40 orcs there, less than five of them were orcs. They were all the actually the villagers that had sided with Waldrig to go join with Adar. They're just, they were put in orc armor. So they killed their own people, essentially. Yeah. Which, of course, that's their own people's fault for choosing to fight. But like, you know, they killed their own people. And then suddenly they realize, oh, wait, that was just the first wave. Uh, there's another wave coming of the proper battle, you know, proper orcs and Adar, and uh, they start to they start to flood in. Um, this is way more difficult. Um, they're probably not going to make it. They don't last long at all. Um, and then pretty much they all retreat back into that tavern, which is like their the taverns like their what do you call it? like their safe haven, like their Helm's Deep. Um, <laughs> Ooh. What? That's a that's a that's what you get for buying the standard edition. You get that little house, get that little tavern. That's like the you don't get like home. The Dollar Tree. That's like the <laughs> like like Helm's Deep is Target, and the, that tavern's like Dollar Tree. Oh man, yeah, they got one of those everywhere. If you can't get a Helm's <laughs> Deep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Um, yeah. So they they so basically once Adar shows up with all the orcs, they're defeated in like 0.2 seconds, and um, they start killing people. Adar's like, I want the key. The key is that thing that the kid had been using. It's like a sword that he puts like in his arm and it bleeds and then it forms like a sword. But it ends up, it's a key. Adar's looking for it. Earlier in the episode, Aaron Deer had hidden it. Uh, Aaron Deer will not tell him where it's at. And he starts killing villagers. I thought this kind of made a, uh, Aaron Deer, or not Aaron Deer. No, no actually, no. I, that's wrong. Actually, I was about to say it kind of made Aaron Deer look bad because 
So he's like, if you don't give me the key, I'm going to kill people. And he killed like six villagers. And it's not until the woman's, his lady's about to be killed that they, they reveal it. But it's not him, actually. It's Theo. So I'm wrong about stupid that. Stupid Theo. So stupid. Theo's, but you can't, then Theo is kind of dumb. But you can't blame him that in this instance, he's like, well, I either give this thing up or I watch my mom be beheaded. So uh, he gives it up, uh, gives up point. the key. Uh, and as soon as he gives up the key, they hear something, and what do you know? It's the Numenorians showing up on glorious horseback, riding to the rescue to uh, to save everyone. And they have way more uh, cavalry, way more people than Adar and his orcs do. So they get overtaken, swarmed. Um, basically, as that's coming to a conclusion, I mean, you, you do see you know, Halbrand's with her. Halbrand does this thing where he saves Elendil real quick by throwing a spear, a spear at. Uh, the orc trying to kill Alan Deal. I also skipped by this really gratuitous scene where blood is shooting out of an orc's eye into Arendir's mouth. That scene definitely was probably. My I don't favorite. feel we needed. Okay, I was just saying, I don't think we needed that scene. Well, the, I'm talking know. about the whole fight. That fight scene he had. The that whole cool, scrimmage, but the itself. blood in the mouth for like an extended twenty seconds. It did go on a little too long. It, it wasn't really a good. Tolkien Tolkien feel type thing to me. It was more like a man. People are people wanted action. We got it for him this episode. Um, but uh, that was their so episode then, nine right, of Game of Thrones, basically, where it's yeah, like all the heavy much. stuff happens. Yeah. Um, but then um, as the battle is coming to conclusion, Aaron Deere is like, Galadriel, you got to catch that dude. He's got something that's absolutely has to. We have to get that. Item I'm not going to tell you. Not, we're not, well, he doesn't. I guess he doesn't have time is what he's I mean, because he's Adar's running off into a forest. So he's like, go get it. Go get the thing. So then Galadriel takes off and she's chasing him down. Pretty cool chase scene. Uh, I like some of the shots here. And what's funny is Halbrand notices, like, after the fact, after they're already chasing off into the forest, he notices that she's she's chasing him. So then he starts to chase. He's way behind. And he manages to not only get there at the same time as, as them, but he's coming from, like, the opposite direction. Uh, and he shows up, trips him, trips Adar. Uh, there's this confrontation where... Um, there's this confrontation where Adar's like, and Halbrand seem to know each other. Well, Halbrand knows Adar, but Adar doesn't know him. But then Adar says something about like, oh, did I maybe kill like a wife and child of yours or something? Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe that was alluding to a past, but now I'm kind of like, maybe he just was trying to be a dick and doesn't really know. Um, so Halbrand almost kills Adar, and then Gladriel stops him. Um, and then we get to, that moves on to a scene where Gladriel's interrogating Adar. I think this is one of the best scenes in the show. Now, I'm not saying it's like, I don't know if it's top five or top ten, but one of the best scenes in the show where she's interrogating Adar and the camera's kind of tilting on Adar as he's talking. And he's talking about like uh, Sauron trying to find the power of the Unseen Worlds and uh, talking about darkness and why why can't his people, and why can't the orcs have a place to live? Don't they deserve life too? And then Gladriel's like, I'm going to make sure you stay alive, kill every last one of them in front of you, and then slowly make sure you die. And he's like, damn, I guess you're dark too. And she's like, oh shit. I don't want to be dark. Uh, and then she she goes to, like, kill Adar, and then Halbrand stops her from killing Adar, which I'm still not quite sure why he did that. I'm, my best guess is that he still tr- has, like, some level of him that wants to be repentant, and he's trying to stop her from doing after something. That, evil, because right after con. that, they have a conversation while they're sitting on, like, a log or something. Yeah. And he was like, I never knew I could be good until I met you, you know? So what do you want to say, Josh? I said either that or it's a long con. Yeah, could you know, be. It was like, hey, be. we're gonna be showing up soon. You got to make sure you, you know, I'm gonna try to kill you, but you gotta, you gotta sell it, and then we're yeah. gonna, it's gonna be reversed, <laughs> you know. So yeah, absolutely. I don't know, but I, you're probably more right. You're probably more right in that scenario. Um, 
So then basically, we're at the end of the episode here. They go back to the, city, the, the little town where they're all celebrating, the Numenorians, the villagers, uh, Muriel. They're all there having food, celebrating, and suddenly um, they hear something blow up. It's like a water geyser. Uh, stuff starts happening everywhere. Dams open up, mm-hmm. and suddenly we see uh, Waldreg has... Well, actually, no, Aaron Deer. This, this is making sense to me. Theo is one of the most incompetent people in the show, and Aaron Deer's like, oh, you want to be free of this thing that's, like, possessive of you? Let me hand it to you so you can get rid of it yourself. I'm going to walk away now and trust that you won't do anything wrong. But then, of course, immediately he opens it, and it turns out he's holding a hatchet, and they don't actually have the key. Pans over to Waldreg. He's got the key. Puts the key in the ground. It activates all these dams and, and the water to flow into the tunnels they've been digging for five episodes. And that goes into Mount Doom, which has been like a, uh, a volcano that hasn't erupted in a long time. The water sets off the volcano. It explodes. Turns the entire Southland well, you into said turns. ash and molten. <laughs> turns, turns the entire turns. Southland. Turns. Oh. Um, the entire Southland's into like uh, dust and mm-hmm. darkness and, and molten. And it basically sends like molten balls into the air, which ends up killing a lot of people and hurting the village and all this different stuff. And the episode kind of concludes with this beautiful shot of like Galadriel, like looking in anguish as the billowing flames and, and smoke comes towards billowing her. And then it flames cuts. Of Udun. Um, so Josh, before I go on to episode seven and then eight, um, it sounds like you have some thoughts on this episode. You didn't think it was that good. What were your problems? I thought it was the lowest point of the show, but I do think there were moments in that episode that were incredibly high. Uh, a lot of the stuff you mentioned, I thought was great. Uh, especially the, the decoy thing at the beginning. You know, when, when they uh, mm. make the elves thing. Tower. Or the, the tower thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said elves. I'm getting ahead of myself. But, um, yeah, I thought that part was great. And it's interesting now when you think about it, too, because, like, I think yeah, I'm getting a little ahead, but there's the part where during a lot of that, I think it's, yeah, I think it's the opening of the next episode, where they're all trying to find one another and everything amidst all this destruction and debris and whatnot and ash. Um, Holbrin's just gone. Doesn't show up until he's just injured, and then which, yep, <laughs> and then well, that's in the next episode, right? Yeah, I'm not trying to get too far ahead. But, I don't mind. But then you have, then you have Isildur, who's just presumed KIA, and I'm just wondering if like now is there maybe a little more to that that we're gonna find out in season two, where maybe Isildur noticed him doing something shady, tried to confront him, got hurt. And then Halbrin got hurt in the process, but Halbrin just like, oh, I got fucked up. up, you know. I wonder okay. if there's a little more something there. But uh, that's cool. I, I just it was just really I thought it was really awful because the Mordor reveal. It's like you knew it was going to become Mordor. You didn't need that's to, like, not in this episode, but the Mordor reveal where it says Southland and the text changed to Mordor. That's in the next episode. Damn, I'm getting ahead of myself. My bad, Brian. It's okay. Yeah, go for it. That was cringe, but we're getting there. Yeah, that's the episode that I, I was like, eh, on. Okay, that's, that's, that's episode seven. Yeah, never mind. I'm getting way too ahead, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there when we get there. So what would you, as far as you can best remember, and we're not going to hold you to the score, mm-hmm. what, how do you feel about this stuff? This one was fine. This one was fine. Yeah, if it, I'm remembering a little bit of it, but it's kind of all blurring together for me at this point. I haven't rewatched it, but kudos to you for doing the homework, Brian. But yeah. Well, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, this is like four and a half hours of content since our last podcast, and I'm like, I'm not going to remember all the details if I don't rewatch it, yeah. so I rewatched it. No, good. Uh, but good, good. ultimately, I thought Udun was a great episode. I'd probably give it personally like a nine out of ten. I don't think it was a perfect episode, or I don't think it was comparable to the best television we've had. Like IGN's um, review said, I think it was a very Wait, good no, episode. I am blurring it together. I'm sorry. I do remember part of this. The whole thing, like you said, with him, with Wal- all the stuff with Waldrick, I just hated. I hated. Okay. Between these two episodes, because a, well, I'm not even going to count. He, like, 
first like decides, you know, hey, I'm a, reveals, hey, I'm not just a cook, I'm a bad guy. I'm waiting, our time's mm-hmm. coming, and then suddenly he's like killing a kid off screen, and then everything he does after he just randomly shows up when the plot needs him to show up. Like he's he's such he he just shows up most of the time. There you know you have all the people of uh, the Southlands, but then suddenly just goes to popping up when the plot deems it so. And then, so when right. do we see him? When do we see him? I'm sorry, what's up? I'm about to go on a tangent. I gotta I want to pitch to you a, a, a spinoff Rings of Power show for Amazon called Waldreg. <laughs> Josh is making this deadpan face. I think you'll like it though. I think you'll like it. Here's why they had to do a, It's a six episode limited series. On Waldreg, and it explains why he became, why he wanted to follow Adar, and why he wanted to be a bad guy. He went to the annual Casadoom chili cook-off. <laughs> he, he <laughs> Josh is staring blankly. Uh, so he's, you know, he's a bartender or like a cook or whatever. So he goes to the chili cook-off, and he's like, he's raising up the ranks. Everyone loves his chili. He's like. Fourth place, third place, second place. He's only got one person left to defeat, and then he has to go up against Disa in the Casa Doom Chili Cookoff. And Disa wipes the floor with his ass. Her chili's way better, and he just gets so pissed that his whole life's work to be the best chili in Middle Earth failed. So then he decides to become evil. What do you think, Josh? Would you watch I, it? If I knew that was the finale, I'd watch it just to get to that point. Disa is the key to all yeah, this. Disa is the key. <laughs> Waldreg the series. No, I, if you saw that on that's, a banner, that's a you'd great be so bit pissed. there, Brian. But no, I fucking hate Waldreg. Honestly, the actor playing him does a great job. It's just you're gonna tell me this old fucking butt booty near naked uh, cook is gonna be this guy who's like the harbinger basically of everything that happens. He's, he fucking disappears after he kills the guy, uh, kills the kid, and then he suddenly shows he's nowhere near the battle, and then he suddenly shows up to twist the blade. It's like, okay. You've had well, it this whole you know time. What? I did notice on a rewatch. There's one. It's not. You're mostly. I mostly agree with you. But no, if I'm wrong, the one tell thing me. that makes it a little. One thing that makes it a little bit better is when Adar and Waldrig walk out of the tavern when the Numenorians are showing up. Mm-hmm. There's a brief scene where Adar says, "Waldrig, I have a, I have a, a task for you," and he hand, he's starting to hand him. Oh, up. that's right. Yeah. So it's like it sets up that he's going. That's to do the, no. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. But then after that, it, you know, then the next time we see him, it's when it's in the next episode when there's the Mordor reveal, and I'm just like, you had to set this guy up so he can knock down the reveal that we all knew was happening. Yeah. Like you don't need well, to explain this contextually to us. Okay. You don't let's have to go right into that. episode seven it, because, and we'll just go, we'll touch on this awful. first. Yeah. That was touching this first because. Ugh. There are times when I've watched a show or a movie where I'm like, you need to say, you need to clarify what's happening. You need to say what's happening on screen. How many times we all watch a movie or a show where someone like, there's like a bit or something where like, let's say, let's say, um, I, I borrow Josh's car and I, when I, when I bring Josh's car back, I park it in the parking lot and then a guy runs by and slashes one of Josh's tires. Damn. And then I tell Josh that his car has a flat tire, and then Josh is pissed at me because his car has a flat tire. And I just never tell him that someone came by and slashed it. I just allow him to be mad at me for something I didn't do. How many times have we seen movies or shows that do something like that? It's like, yeah. just for the sake of the plot. This was not the case with Rings of Power. It was so painfully obvious that the Southlands had become Mordor. If you were a Tolkien person, you probably knew before Episode six the Southlands would become Mordor anyways. Um, there's that scene with uh, Galadriel and Elendil where they find the the logo that the map logo the map and it's like oh Mordor right yeah. okay so so it's been pe- good chance you knew before you watch the show then you watch the show it spelled it out for you on the map 
Then you get to the Mount Doom scene where it's like, that's literally Mount Doom, okay? Yeah. And everything's, I, it's, it's obvious. And, and people have been talking about Mount Doom for a week before the next episode comes out. And then there's this moment where there's only one saving grace to this cringe moment. And I think you'll agree with me, Josh. Only saving grace to this cringe moment is someone was like, what's this place called now, me lord, or whatever. And I thought yeah, Adar that was, him. was good. That was the, I thought that was Adar, the- yeah, oh, okay, Waldrig, yeah. <laughs> the freaking chili cook-off guy. Um, and then Adar, I thought for a moment Adar was going to be the guy who came up with the name Mordor and titled the lands in which Sauron dwells. And I was not going to be happy because I'm like, Sauron does not dwell in a place that a lowly dark elf orc type dude decided to name. Like, you can't let Adar name it. So I, when he didn't name it and the camera panned away, I was like, oh, thank God. I don't want him to say Mordor. Cause That's a, yeah, I do agree but, with that. That's a good point. But then... It does like this. Someone opened up Microsoft Paint and chose the font, <laughs> chose the font coloring that says "Flames of Udun Orange," and they they wrote Southlands, and then they used like a PowerPoint vanishing effect, Mordor, and everyone cringed immediately because it was like even Erica, who like has been pretty like defensive about a lot of things at the show, she was like, "Yeah, that was bad. That was bad." Yeah, it's like, is it? Come on, guys! Like you're treating your audience like an idiot. And then it just looks bad on screen too, and it's not gonna. If they ever put this well, on DVD, I would say they should scrub that out. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If if people watching that show don't like, if you took the the Mordor text transition out, if you are watching it without that, and you you're not a big Tolkien guy, or you, you're not even yeah. really watched maybe Middle Earth stuff before, you're gonna see that, and yeah, you're gonna be like, well, what is what is it? You know, what's the what are you gonna call it? You know, there's nothing. Yeah. There contextually, I understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, if they're that person that's got to ask that, then they're not going to know what Mordor means. Ex- they're not going to know what Nord exactly. They're not going to know what Mordor means. So it's like it just felt like a weird moment, and uh, it's topped it off. It's topped off by the actor by Benjamin basically turning in and making this like crooked smile, and it's like he does a great job in his role, but it's yeah. just it's awkward. It's an awkward scene. And again, Waldrick has to set it up. And I'm just like, fucking get this character off the screen. I hate him. Right. Like, the actor yeah. does a great job. I can't hate him in his role. I'm just like, this guy goes from a cook to doing this? In Middle Earth, you can be anything you want to be. You could go from a cook to being the right-hand man of this lieutenant, whatever he's supposed to be. And you're going to help set up the, the reveal for Mordor. I'm like, come on. That's what I'm going to remember. I'm going to go in. All because I'm, of Deez's chili cook-off. I'm going to get in freaking Fellowship of the Ring, you guys, and I'm going to see freaking Mordor, and this guy's going to be, I'm going to think back to the cook. Oh, that they got named Mordor because that cook helped set that guy up for it. That's what's going to do. It's that cook who always had his bare back showing, his old skinny bare back showing. Oh, my God, dude. Now, you know, you know the last person in the world I should make a George Lucas joke to is Josh, but I'm going to. Just picture that Peter Jackson does like some Lord of the Rings edit where there's a Waldrig scene in the original trilogy just to make it all tie together. In truth, uh, I'm exaggerating a bit, guys, just for just for fun. But it, I think you know what? You know what? I think I, th- this. I'm gonna get even a little more ridiculous than you. I think there's one character I like less than Waldrig. Theo, and yeah, I, he's such totally. he's such a non-character. You probably hardly remember him. Farazan's son, Farazan's son, the dude who lit the boat on fire with Isildur. Yeah, that was a weird. He looks. He, okay, he looks like he doesn't look like an actor to me. He looks like a kid I went to school with. <laughs> like I can see that. He has a terrible haircut. Yeah. Uh, he he has he, he seems pointless to the show, and like I feel like he flirts with the your your chick Arian. like Aaron or whatever. Yeah. 
And I just well, that went nowhere. I mean, I'm sure it season two they'll do more with that. But like as of right now, I don't know. It went. Isildur should have left him in the boat to burn. There was no payoff with any stuff with Arian. Again, they're setting up for that. You could tell by by the end of yeah, because she's gonna look in the Palantir. Yeah, exactly. But like in terms of that love interest, went nowhere at the time with no clue as to where that may go. But yeah, the whole like him lighting the docks. I, I I know what part that played in the show and motivations and stuff like that. But like it it felt kind of unnecessary. But I get that. Ooh, I just thought of a character I like less than him. Oh, really? Let's, dude, let's do it. The dude, that's, the dude that Halbrand punches in the drunken fight. Oh, yeah. That guy was annoying. That, guy was, that dude looks like it. That, that whole scene looks like, was stupid. Just take it out. Take okay. it out. I, okay. You know you know. sometimes you think of something, and it doesn't matter if it makes any sense or not. It just To you, you just think of it. Every time I see that dude that he fought in the drunken fight, I just the dude's head looks like an uncircumcised penis to me. I remember you I'm saying sorry. that. Yeah. I, I remember just, you saying that. I, I said that before. That's yeah. how much I believe it. <laughs> But dude, uh, no, and uh, seriously, I, I just, I, I thought, I thought the whole battle, all, all the stuff with the Southlands at that point, I was really up to that point. I was all in. Once it got to that episode where there's the battle, I just thought it was awful. I thought it was the low point of the show, and I thought, like, in terms of the plot, like how things were going, I thought that was cool. The the geysers and stuff, it's like, come on. But at the same time, it's like, well, this is a cool transition. You you know what's happening, but. Yeah. The way they sort of reveal Mordor was a little corny because it's like you know I don't need you to spell it out for me. Just I don't think the Mount Doom part was corny. The at Mount, all, but the name, yeah, the, the name, I'm, yeah, exactly, exactly to be specific. But I thought that made it. I don't need something the, the to be bro- spelled the out Bronwyn, for me. Theo and Southland also is the weakest. when it goes from you're gonna tell me that these people who just killed their people, they're 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 seeing that oh shit we just killed our own people who went bad. They're suddenly going to care? Are you kidding me? When people are fighting for their lives and their adrenaline's pumping and they just see that these were people that turned on them, that they're going to feel some sense of sympathy? It's not. I just can't see, buy in. See, what I got from it, too. I can't buy into but that. But maybe what they were trying to say is, oh, wait a minute. The There's real, a twist. The real, yeah. Now that I can get. still coming. But then it just all of that felt so claustrophobic in terms of just like you see so many sweeping shots of Middle Earth in this series. You see so, you know, Numenor is vast and pretty and beautiful. And you're in, like, countryside where you can see a lot of stuff. And this whole skirmish comes down to this one little town-like area. And I'm like, it, it feels a little claustrophobic. Yeah. But I it did, feels odd. I mentioned to Erwin at work, I'm talking to him about that, and he made a good point. He was like, well, maybe that's the point of it, is just to show that, like, these this small group of people, that's all there was left. And that's, you know, that was all that was left defending it, and it gets overturned. Um, so I, I get it, you know, it's a sense of like, you know, no hope or very little to none, but I I don't, I, if, if you don't take it away, Brian, I will keep going, but I will say, I mostly mostly agree. I agree with that really. And here's the thing there, there seems to be, it seems to be such a major like plot hole to me that I'm guarantee I've just missed it. Like, I don't believe it's actually a plot hole. Tell me, Josh, am I missing something? So Galadriel knew that there was still evil. And she didn't want to go back home because she knew there was still evil out there to fight. Mm-hmm. She ends up in Numenor, and she tries to convince them to that they need to go to war to fight against, you know, the evil. Right? Yeah. yeah. Was there ever a moment in the show? How did Galad? I'm, I'm so confused. How did Galadriel know that there was a war, a battle going on between the villagers of the Southlands? And Adar and his orcs while she was on... The only thing I can remember is that Halbren, when they're on the raft, I think they do talk a bit about the Southlands and how he's kind of coming... I I think he's coming from that place. And then I want to say when she discovers the map with Elendil, the the whole twist of like, oh, that's 
That's not the some oh, like location. Oh, that's right. The that's when she kind right. of that's when she kind of realized. But it is like, really convenient that she shows up when a battle's taking place. Yeah, exactly. Like we're in the timeline. Like we see them almost at the same time as like these episodes. This episode is like starting one of them. That the, there's just sailing out there, and then it suddenly suddenly the next time we see them is horses riding on land, and it's like okay, you know what I. I really want, man, I really, we were in a lot of agreement there, but it's funny, I've been telling Erica how much, there's been a lot of criticism that the Numenorians teleported, and I, I don't agree, because I'm like, we had an episode where they got on the boats, we had them sailing this on the is, boats. Th- go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. And, and we have that scene where, where uh, Galadriel tells Isildur, he's like, Isildur's like, are we there yet? And she's like, we've been there for nearly an hour, but you can't see it yet, because yeah. you don't have elf eyes. And then, and the next time we see them, they're they're riding to battle. I mean, to me, it makes sense. Like they're about to show. Well, up on shore. I think that's the biggest criticism for this show. Is to me, it feels incredibly like rushed. Like I'm not saying production feels rushed. Just the plots, it feels like I did not. Mm. It did not take time in the show. I feel like every you see stuff like that, and the like the thing you're saying. Okay, I can wrap my brain around. I can see where you're coming from, and it's like they're basically at least trying to imply that hey without spelling it out like they're going to they're getting pretty close so by the t- yeah. and then we switch over and we're just supposed to see that okay we're doing kind of a time jump and this is what they're going through and so on and so forth so that makes sense to me you know it also kind of helps without showing everyone getting off the boats then you kind of get that sweet sweeping moment where they're riding on the horses and charging and that's you know that inspiring moment of heroism but at the same time, it's like it just goes into how much the show. I mean, it's just crazy. Like Galadriel does so much. You know, she's about to go to Valinor. She gets on a raft with Sauron. She goes to New, uh, gets rescued. Goes to Numenor. Convinces Numenor to go to uh, to, uh, to go to the Southlands. Goes to the yeah. Southlands. Fights in this battle. Has to escape. Goes back to Erigion. I'm just like in eight episodes, all of that happens. That's pretty. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. I. I- I will. I'll say that your your criticism there holds holds water. Like I don't think you're saying anything crazy. I don't think I feel that way. Like I don't. I don't think it feels too rushed for me personally. But well, it's a great show. It's an amazing show. You're it saying feels like a lot of stuff didn't get properly like paced. Is all I'm saying. But continue, Brian. I mean, it, um, you're making well, some great so points too. We're good. There's going to be an hour and a half. Josh, <laughs> Josh and I wanted it to be an hour. We really we wanted to do other things, but <laughs> we're gonna possible. we're into this. We're into this. So, okay, here's, here's what I'm going to do, Josh, since we're, we're, we're trailing. I apologize real usual. quick, guys. I know a lot of you guys like that episode. I, I don't want to poo-poo on that. I think there are – I get why most people did. And I, I think – Which episode? Just just honestly between the two of those, really. Just the battle Which, there. Uh, what are you talking – Oh, the battle oh, in the Southlands. Okay, the show. I thought you meant of our no, podcast. No, just the battle, in the, <laughs> the battle in the Southlands and then just what comes after in the following episode with the Mordor reveal. Well – yeah. I understand. So that we can so that we can move on with the finale, Josh. Let me give you all the major bullet points left of episode seven. We haven't talked about it. We can discuss that a little bit. So here's what I had down for episode seven. Um Azildor's friend who said he's done he says that's the last battle I ever want to fight in my life, he ends up dying from the Mount Doom crater that hits him. So got what you want. Dies. Um uh Isildur is found in episode seven, but then he's like inside of a house that like burns up and falls on him. That's the last time we see Isildur. Uh Elendil's like heartbroken this episode because he thinks his son is dead. Um, Mount, um, I love, the, I love uh, the guy the who plays Alan Deal. Oh, it's perfect for like an Aragorn yeah, absolutely. Uh, ascendant or whatever. Um, Mount Doom, the rocks that shot out of Mount Doom, it falls on the grove where the Harfoots have arrived. The Harfoots have been trying to make their way to this grove where there's tons of yeah, food. Oh, so sad. And so, so the the Mount Doom crater had or like rocks had hit there. Um, so the so the, uh, Saduk. Asks the stranger if he can heal it. So there's a scene where the stranger is trying to heal the tree, 
and it makes a branch fall off and almost fall on one of the Harfoot children. So everyone's scared of him again. He feels bad, but what we end up finding out is he, in fact, did heal the entire grove and make it plentiful with fruit again uh, and food. Um, like I said, Josh, we'll come back. I guess interject if you want. No, you're good, um, Durin's father uh, will not allow the elves to have mithril. Oh, and one of the standout moments. Is, Just anything it is, with them. It really is, because every single thing his father said is correct. He's a wise man. Yeah. Everything he said, he says, we're not supposed to be dealing in these affairs. This is bigger than us. This isn't our thing. Uh, the elves' lives, they, you know, it's not for us to prevent their death and all this stuff, and we shouldn't be digging and whatever. And, you know, you feel for Durin because you love Durin. He's like your, your friend watching the show. But his dad's completely right. Won't let him do it. Um, and then, of course, we end up seeing that uh, Durin goes ahead and does it anyways yeah. with uh, Elrond. And then they discover a ton of Mithril. And the dad shows up and he's he's like, get Elrond out of here. Get this, get this elf out of here. He's banned. And then he has a conversation with Durin where he's basically like, your mother and I thought you were going to be something special, but there's something wrong with you. <sighs> and I'm stripping you of this like... I don't know what it was, like an armor plate. Some kind of family crest armor thing. Family crest. Um, And uh, then, now this is the end of the episode, but I'm just going to cover it now. Scene I loved. I know there were some people who didn't like it, but for me it was like, this is a throwback. When Josh and I saw Battle of Five Armies in the movie theater, I was my second time, Josh's first. And there's the scene, if you guys remember it, the scene in Dolgaldur where... Uh, the 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 nine ring rays show up and Elrond steps in. He's like, "You should have stayed dead." And then him and Galadriel and freaking Saruman they fight him. And I'm like, "This is freaking badass! I love this! I was so hyped." And then my brother was sitting with me on the first viewing, and he goes, "I hated that. That was the worst thing <laughs> in the movies." So then when me and Josh go and see it, I'm like, "Josh, there's gonna be this scene that's coming up," and my brother hates it with a passion. I'm not gonna tell you which scene it is until it's over with, and you can tell me if you agree. Mm-hmm. And then we watch that scene. Josh comes over. He's like, "That was badass," and I'm like. That's the scene Creighton said was horrible, and Josh is like, "What the hell's wrong with them?" Um, so that's how I—that's how I felt about the scene I'm about to describe. Josh, I hope you're with me. I don't know the scene where the leaf falls down past all the mithril to the very bottom depths of Casadoom, and the Balrog shows up, and you're like, "That's the shit that's going to go down and lead to their fall." Oh, I and we're loved gonna... that. I loved that. I thought it was so drums, awesome. drums in the deep. I thought, oh man, great, great. Now when I get to fellowship again, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna feel even more attached because yeah. I've seen them, you know, like. No, I like. And that. it sets. That's the last we see of Durin you know and Issa too. They're like, when we're when we're keen and queen, we're gonna do the shit we want, and we're gonna mine yeah. the shit out of that mithril till we're greedy as hell. Couple things on that. I, I you know, I, I, I definitely contradictory. Uh, <laughs> how I love lines like that, for example, in Battle of the Five Armies, but then I have a problem with how. Uh, the Mordor reveal happens with Waldrig and shit, you know, and the the looking over. I get it. So I mean, I, I'm I'm a bit of a hypocrite, I, and I I own that. But you know, in this episode, I thought, yeah, that I thought the Balrog bit was, I thought that was really cool because at least yeah. again, that looks a, exactly like the Fellowship. That's one. a great example of showing, but you don't have to tell people. Like, yep. it felt like I mean, you never know in an edit they might be like, what if like, text what popped if up the over the Balrog, Balrog and said Balrog? I was the just Balrog that Gandalf fought. <laughs> Or like, or like in the last episode, like right as a subtitle, right when uh, ba- Gandalf basically is about to like uh, talk, he's like, it just pops up and just says, "I'm good," you know. <laughs> now I, lo- oh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. I know, I know that line's a point of contention. But dude, I, I want to say, I want to clarify right here yeah. and now. It's easy for us as viewers of the show who love the show and are fans of the show to find things we don't like, nitpick, and then yeah. make fun of them. 
I know there's no um, people who worked on the show listening to this podcast, yeah. but if there was, I want to let you know we love the show, and it's e- we know it's easy for us to make a joke about the tech scroll for We're Mordor. just internet and, guys. Yes. And the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, it was one ill-conceived decision that I'm sure many people behind the scenes are retroactively going, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have done that. And there might have been people who said we shouldn't have done it's- that. Before it came out, and then, but they didn't have control over that, so it's not a big deal. It's an but amazing it, show. Know. Like it's, it's honestly phenomenal. I think it just, uh, I, I could probably get past any little gripe I have about any situation in this. Maybe aside from the cook being like a harbinger, but uh, outside of that, it just, I just think it needed to be, just had better pacing. But you can only really, it, the pacing I, I'm talking about is something that needed an extra few episodes to let some things cook and not just have it heat up so fast, but. That's just my opinion. I think the show is phenomenal, dude. I still love yep. all the people involved in it. And you know what? There, There is a part of me that, again, this is the first time I'm really having to battle like comparative bias where it's like uh, I'm, I'm thinking about things like I know of and I'm adjusting to how different they are in the show. Like like uh, I, I did check earlier and, and Wesley is right. It never does specifically state that Anatar is an elf, just that he's an emissary of the Valar. Yeah. But like at the same time, it's like it makes more sense for him to be. Yeah, but I'm like, opinion. I mean, granted, may he show up again? You know, yeah, totally possible. But well, uh, Charlie Vickers, who plays Halbrand, has alluded in an interview already that they might still use Anatar in the following season. Yeah, and I would love that. But uh, but at the same time, it's like in the books they don't mention that like this is the second time he's come back to Kellerbrimbor or something. You yeah. know, so no, and but, he, they also did all the rings in one go from what exactly. I read. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. It's like I, I kind of I love how Tolkien did it, but at the same time I gotta let this be what it is. And I love the Hobbit yep. movies. It's an adaptation. So it's an adaptation, and I don't think I think they're two different mediums, and they shouldn't often be compared. I don't think they should really be compared that much. I think people treat so. the word adaptation like it means converting a book to a script, and that's not an adaptation. Literally means that's what the definition of the word is. It's they're adapting it, they're making it their own yeah. for the medium. It's not. It's okay. Like that's the thing is. I, t- I took it out of my bio because I, I met- changed my bio every other day, I feel like, sometimes. <laughs> but, like, I had it in my bio. I was, like, a fan of Tolkien's works and the adaptations that follow. It's me saying, I love Tolkien's stuff. It's the true, pure canon. It's what came first. It's yeah. his stuff. But I also love the adaptations. Why can't, why can't we love both? Why does it have to be? Yeah, I love I've all seen, of it. Like, I mean, some- I've-, I've seen celebrities on Twitter be like, this show's an abomination and they've ruined everything. And I'm like... Grow up. <laughs> it's like, it's weird. Some of this is not new to me because of Star Wars. I've just been so used. Yeah. Even though that's different, it's not adaptations. But just seeing like it's going through the prequels, going been. through the prequels, and then all the way into the sequels now, and it's just like all these people critiquing every little thing. Which, granted, I'm kind of doing in this episode, but it's a safe space to do it. So I don't really want to do it online. So, but I, I'm familiar with it. But at the same time, you hate to see it because it's just like, dude, just let people make what they want to make. There's there's clearly something to this show like it's got its magic spark to it it's got yep. like it's it's a uh, i don't know it's lightning bolt to it um what do you lighting in a bottle type thing it's it's got, it's got that i think but uh dude i i love it and going back to what you said though just to keep it going um i really i really loved just seeing how i loved isa we all loved isa and i loved seeing her stand by him so much and reassure Durin yeah. so much and i just thought that was so sweet and even when she lied to elrond and Elrond was totally savvy to what she was doing. I just thought that was great just because of what she's doing for her husband. Like, he's not there. Her man. Yeah, and I just thought, like, man, like, these dwarves are so cool. And, you know, I never would have thought that, um, I never would have thought that female dwarves could have showed me a whole other side to dwarves. I just thought they would be the exact same. She's a lot different, and I love that. And yeah, it makes me it. want to see more. 
And I don't mean that I don't mean that in a derogatory term. It's just like dwarves are dwarves, and we've only really seen them one way. Well, this show is showing us a completely different way, even with Durin himself. So I love that too. So the whole scene with his dad, and when, like you said, he he, he throws off the the shit cat the crest or whatever, and then Durin goes to pick it up. He's like, "Don't put it back on. It doesn't belong to you anymore. Yeah, it's not yours anymore." I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I also love that scene with Dura, Durin and uh, Disa, where Durin or Disa's like. That fool with the lice in his beard, and then and she was she's so like, mad. I shouldn't have said that. He's not a fool. He doesn't have lice in his beard. And then and then uh, she's like, but I hate it when you talk about my mother or whatever. And he's like, well, your mother does have lice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, they got. I also like that scene with uh, where um, where Durin's upset. That, uh, it's actually a great scene where Durin's upset that he can't help El- help Elrond, and then he throws that mithril on the table, and it goes next to the leaf, and it heals. And he looks at it, and Disa looks at it, and they look at each other, and he goes, Elrond! Like, get back! I know you're walking down the hall, but get back here. I'm going to help you. Man, that's <laughs> yeah. what that's what happened when people discovered that how you could charge wirelessly. They threw a freaking iPhone on the wireless charger, and it just worked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, go get it! Go okay. get it, Jeff Bezos! You heard it here first, uh, Amazon. Make make the Mithril charger and <laughs> sell it for overpriced Amazon. I'll have it shipped. Yeah. Add back. Buy it. Okay, Josh, uh, last thing. I'll Two last things I'll say about this episode, and then we'll finally get into the, ap- the final episode. Finally. Last thing to say, uh, Muriel is now blind, which I thought was kind of crazy. It kind of made her arc more interesting to me. I hate, you know, for her character's sake, I hate that that happened. I do. Her. It's sad. But, yeah. But it's more what a good though. way to reveal it. Because there was literally yep. a moment I'm watching it with Dad, and you see that branch, like, almost completely hit her in the face and take out her eye and she doesn't flinch at all and my dad and i was like how long have we been clear of the smoke and ellen's like over a mile now yeah my dad and i were putting that putting that together as the scene was happening it was like oh shit she's blind she's blind yeah and so that was sad definitely one of the Uh, sadder parts last thing i'll say about the episode is uh right where the grove is that the harfoots are at they're right on the other side of the green woods which is what becomes Mirkwood, which is kind of cool. And that's also where, in that, the finale, I, we see yeah. the mystics chase the stranger into the Greenwood. So that's all happening at the same I place so, that Tariel shows up yeah. with Legolas in, in The Hobbits. Love it. So, Love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Anything else about that episode? No, I just, I, you know, with the Harfoot stuff, I still liked it. I felt really bad for the Wanderer, the Mysterious Stranger, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. But I, I felt really bad for him because I was, I was just all in on his character. And I think, again... That's probably, I could be wrong, but that's probably a big reason why you like Nori as a character, too, because she kind of has that relatable Hobbit thing of, of empathy. To me, she's you know? female Frodo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, and yeah. I... Not, not exactly the same, but... No, and I definitely agree with that. I mean, she's got those similar qualities that I think Hobbits possess, and you're, you're seeing the foundation of it being set with this person, and it's yeah. just... If this does end up being Gandalf, maybe it's not. Maybe that's a huge twist, but if this does not end okay, up being Gandalf... Okay, well, I'm going to assert my opinion here for a moment. Everyone... <laughs> It's Gandalf, okay? Like, everyone who's saying, including Wesley, I'm about to eat crow, but Wesley said in the Discord, like, oh, this might this might not be Gandalf. I'm 100% certain. This is Gandalf. Come on, people, let it be. It's Gandalf, right? Like, not only does it look like Gandalf, does he is he around hobbits, which makes sense for his character. He uh, he has a special attunement for fire, which is, is Gandalf. He says several different lines uh, that Gandalf says, like, uh, following your nose. Uh, there was one other line he said that was uh, from Gandalf. Oh, is it about the shadow and flame? It's clear this is Gandalf. I, I don't think they meant for anyone to walk away from this season not thinking it's Gandalf. Like, I, I know well, it's just my opinion, and I know I have okay. to let other people have their opinion, but for me, well, it's 100% yeah, Gandalf. Kudos to Wesley period. for being right on several things, but um, 
Yes. Yeah, no, I, I do. I, I, I honestly would put so much down. I'd put all. Bully I'd go Wesley. all in on this being Gandalf simply for, because th- when he's talking to Nori in the final episode, and he's all coherent now, he can speak like proper. Yeah. You know, they're talking about what he was called, and you know, it's like you know, uh, what is it, wizard or something like that. You know, whatever the yeah. reveal was, and it, it wise one. You don't put that in there, put that sizzle in there, and not give it the name. And not have that be Gandalf when what who is the most familiar wizard in all of like yeah. Middle Earth? It's Gandalf. I'm like, and the only one that has any real interaction with Harfoot, like with Halfling. If it was Saruman, if it was like Palindor and Alatar, if it was Radagast or you know whatever, they would do that in a different way. But like, I don't feel like they're gonna swerve us See. with how they tease that. And this is why I hate. Now, no, I could be no, wrong. No I could be wrong, but I, I no discredit to you, Wesley, because I'm about to eat a ton Wesley, of crow. <laughs> but this is gonna whoop our This ass. is why I hate. Well, hate's a strong word. I, I nothing against you, Wesley. I just think it's funny. This is why I hate when people say something like, "Oh, I, I don't actually think he's Gandalf," or "There's a good chance he's not Gandalf," because that leads to scenes like the one where we had Southlands change to Mordor and font at the top. Yeah, because. Sometimes the audience needs it spelled out for them. I mean, and that and that that's why we have stupid that's a good scenes point, like that. Like they could have easily put at the top, oh well, we can't call him Gandalf yet because he just, he just gained his awareness and he's not named Gandalf yet. So just put at the top, Gandalf the Grey. And then we would have known for sure he was Gandalf, right? Yeah. It's also it reminds me of this movie that one of my favorite movies of all time, actually. I've shown I show it to everyone I meet. It's called Prisoners with uh Hugh Jackman and um Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. J- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. And I've had several people say this to me. Usually it's white moms. And I'm, yes, I'm saying white moms because they're my white moms, uh, both my mother-in-law and my mom. You show them the movie, and I'm not going to spoil this movie, nor is it important to what we're talking to. But I'll, I'll say this last bit, and if you ever decide to go watch the movie, I didn't really spoil anything. But at the end of the movie, Hugh Jackman's character appears to be uh, like he he might be dead. Like he's not, he's, he's like, he might be dead. But the place that he last was seen, he found a whistle. And Jake Gyllenhaal is out looking for Hugh Jackman, and he's standing right near where Hugh Jackman is hidden, assumedly buried dead. And the movie ends with the whistle being blown, and Jake Gyllenhaal noticing it, and then the movie ends. And both my mom and Erica's mom is like, I hate that we'll never find out if Hugh Jackman lived or if he was alive. I'm like, what? (laughs) What the hell do you need? He's blowing the damn whistle underground. What do you think that was? Like a freaking, an ant? A snake? (laughs) <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this is Gandalf, man. And that and that was like somebody, if we didn't have that Mordor Southlands thing, someone could have been like, oh, that wasn't Mount Doom. That was I think that was a sister to Mount Doom. Like Mount Doom comes Mount Doom was actually locked. Yeah, bigger. again, it goes that's back to what you Mount said Sally. about just the show still being good. Like it's a gray area, it's hard to navigate that. Yeah. And the biggest problem with this stuff, especially when you release it episodically on a weekly basis, is that people are gonna pick it apart. And it gets picked apart like that. So, I mean, I, I can definitely be a hypocrite with stuff like that. It's hard to find that balance. Yeah. But I, I think the Gandalf thing was... If, if I had to choose between the two, which was more spelt out, it would have been Mordor. Because I like I like the the Gandalf thing. That's To me, that is Gandalf at this point. It's the way he's yeah. talking to her, even. And just yeah. this sense of kindness. and, and Oh, oh, oh. The other, the other thing he says is... I'm sorry, I got too excited. Okay, I, totally I love that. Oh, oh, oh. He says that thing about so in um in in the Hobbit he says to Bilbo he's like I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. Well then in this he says um I'm looking an adventure is only an adventure has to be shared. You know if you're alone it's a journey. 
Like, that was another alluding to the fact that he's Gandalf, like, sharing an adventure, and it's him and Nori. Yeah. You know? It's just great. No, I feel... Sorry, I, man. I, I totally no, 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 you're okay. I just, I feel like I completely agree. I just don't see how that's not him. And I do feel like... I know it's it's in the next episode. We can just go right into it. But in the next episode, like their closing shot is literally of him and Nori just walking off. Yeah. You can't t- like to me. The thing I loved most about it is it 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 was I viewed it almost like as if my like the theater of the mind experience from reading it from the appendices. Like it was almost like at this specific date and time, uh, Gandalf and Nori travel to blah blah blah. You know, and and I just thought like yeah. I can see that. On yeah. paper, you know, even though I know it's not, and, it, and Tolkien wouldn't have made a character named Nori probably or something, but I can, I can, yeah. it works. Hey, he would have made Nori way before he would have made damn Talia. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. You know what's funny is I, I finally came around, Josh. Well, hey, I, for what it's worth, I actually on the on the opposing side or not opposing side, just on the flip side, um, Halbrand is a name that I do feel like sounds Tolkien, but at the same yeah. time, when I first heard it, I was like. I don't know if that's Tolkien, and then I'm like, no. That, Not that, to mention, that, like the first screenshot they showed of Halbrand, it looked like he was sitting in a modern 2020 living room. <laughs> I could pull it up. Sometime. It's weird. Like this show, never every shot looks like it has so much budget going into it, but there are still moments when it has that almost like CW kind of feel, and then other times when it feels like it's a movie theater experience. It's weird how much it switches. Yeah, but I honestly think some of that just comes down to just production being spent in different places uh, more than others. I think, I think if, they're, if they're in a living room sitting on a couch, it's going to look more like television than when they do these giant sweeping shots with CG that looks like Peter Jackson's film. Yeah. You know You know what's most interesting, uh, too, is I feel like the scenes that were probably the most impacted by COVID are the ones I mentioned with the Southlanders because it's just a claustrophobic group of people like in a bubble almost. But yet at well, the same also, time, that at the same time, I'm like, you know, the other part of my brain's like, well, Josh... That's really when you see the most people together because any other time, you know, like you see like the Numenors on a boat, that's way less people. Well, I can I can pop I can burst your whole bubble, Josh. I I thought you would have saw this on Twitter, but um the scene you're you're referencing, they were called out on Twitter because there was only like one third of those people. They copy pasted the, the, the villagers. Oh really? Oh, wow. If you go into the shot, you'll see it's the same villagers three times repeated. Okay, I'll have to look for that next time. I didn't but notice it. At it least. was going around Twitter. People were making a huge like life-ending deal about it, and even, I think even somebody from Rings of Power like might have called it out. Like it's like who cares? It's, it's literally like a second shot. Yeah, you know. I, I don't know. I don't but, think it's worth getting. Anyways, to go into this episode more, Josh, and we're already talking about it. Episode starts. It's the first and only cold open to Rings of Power. It opens up with the stranger, and he's being approached by the mystics, and the mystics come up to him, and they're like. We're here to worship to bring you back, uh, Lord Sauron, and it plays music. It swells and then goes into the intro, and it's supposed to get everyone believing, like, oh my gosh, this is Sauron now. You know? Yeah, ends the water cooler talk, or so we think. In that moment, when that happened, uh, what was your thoughts, Brian? I I thought it was a really neat way to start the final episode, and it I, I loved it. I actually loved it because it didn't really occur to me that I think what was happening in the writers' room was they were saying this stranger guy is going to be our what we're going to make the audience think is Sauron. And then this Halbrand guy is going to be who's actually Sauron no one expects. I think that's what the writing room had set out to do. It didn't really work like that for me, though, because I never thought either of them were Sauron at, at really any point. That's where we so. ate a ton of crow, because I can literally remember, it was either in the last episode or on Discord, but we were both like, I don't know why anybody's thinking that any of these people are going to be Sauron. Yep. 
Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> so how, we I'll, wrong. I guess I'll go ahead and, and eat, make my eating crow part now. Three, I think three major things played into why I thought I was so not wrong about Halbrand. And I was extremely wrong to the point I made a, a tweet on Twitter that I was like, I ain't wrong, and if I am, i got to eat a bunch of crow. And then a couple days later, I was wrong, and now I have to eat crow. So a couple things that made me uh, think that Halbrand was not wrong at all. One, I was, Josh, I think you'll agree with me. I was under the impression that the, I, the iconic idea of what I thought was an elf named Anatar arriving in Eregion and offering these gifts and helping the you know, Celebrimbor and the elves forge these rings. I was under the impression that that was such an iconic idea that, and, and the show's called Rings of Power that there's no way they would not do that part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to me, that was, like, central. Like, that was, like, the core of the apple of, like, this show is called Rings of Power. It is going to end up having Anatar the elf show up and craft the rings of power. So to me, it was just like, there's no way they're not going to do. I come and, and if they didn't, and I thought too. Here's another. Here's the second major way I thought I was wrong. I thought that no one would ever go for it either. I was like, if you don't do that, like it's stupid. He's a man named Halbrand, and he's like the king of the Southlands. Like this arc is stupid, right? Like I thought there's no <laughs> yeah. way no one's going to buy into this. And then, and then the third part. This is the part that I'm most ashamed of because I'm actually I'm actually pretty okay with the fact that I thought they wouldn't leave out Anatar. And I thought that no one would buy into this man from the Southlands being Sauron. Like, those two things, I think, are pretty logical takes. This is where I eat the biggest crow, I feel like, is uh, Wesley said that there was signs everywhere pointing out that he was Halbrand and making it clear and alluding to it. And it, it and I got to say, upon the revelation that he is, and upon rewatching these last episodes to prepare for this very podcast, it's written all over the place. If you If you know it's coming... Like, it's there all over the place. Well, the things he does, the things yeah. he says, the places he came from. Wesley was totally on point oh, yeah, about for sure. him being... I mean, and it, it's still it's still valid. I mean, the only... It's still valid that he shows up as a human first. You know, if they still want to do Anatar or something. Um, I, I don't think... The only thing that would be weird is just to think that he goes back again, you know, under a different guy. Also, also I, I left this out, Josh. Another huge reason why this is bad is that it was specific stated in the Silmarillion that Galadriel never fell for Sauron's bullshit and they quite clearly made her fall for his bullshit in this show. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. Continue. No, you're okay. But I was going to say at one point in time, spoilers for you guys who haven't read the Silmarillion, but by now, uh, I don't think it's spoilers, but there is a point when he goes to Erigion, or I'm sorry, not Erigion, he goes to Numenor under the guise of a wizard and basically convinces this one king to form a cult for Melkor and stuff like that, and they're worshiping him. Really? Was it and under the guise of a, I don't remember that part. I think it was under part. the guise of a wizard. I could be wrong, but I'm almost certain that's what it is. And then he... Uh, then I'm trying to remember what happens exactly. He, I think they try to go... He that... Go ahead. Like, he gets, he gets, like, he works his way up the chain of command, yeah. and he gets to be, like, trusted by Farazhan, and it leads to Numenor's fall. Yeah, within that cult, he ends up becoming, like, I think he takes on even different guys. I could be wrong. But anyway, they end up trying to sail to Valinor, and when they get into Valinor, Aru Iluvatar intervenes, and he not only sacks them completely, like, they're buried underwater, um, the, the, the physical essence of gone Sauron is gone, and then yep. Numenor is completely sacked underwater. That's how that happens just, there. So you just made me think, Josh. Like not, I know that Tolkien purists are going to be shaking their head, but like maybe we get the whole Anatar thing through Numenor now. 
Yeah. With this being like a condensed Anatar, story. the elf show. Yeah. And I know he's not an elf in the books, but I feel like if you look at different illustrations and you look at Shadow of Mordor in different places, he's always depicted as an elf. Maybe an elf named Anatar shows up and the gets... The part that's with hard with that is that like it's hard to believe he's not an elf if he's going to speak to the, Val, uh, the Valar, because he becomes an emissary for them. It's hard yeah. to believe that someone uh, that's not appearing as an elf would be allowed access at that point. So that's why I think he probably was an elf, but at the same time, you know, again, going into how he's all these different apparitions, you know. It makes most sense he's an elf. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if he's not, he's not. And, I mean, it's it's fine. So it's like the only part that's tough with that now is just is just the sort of repeat, like the round two of like, well, I'm going to go back to Origion now. I'm going to go back to Celebrimbor as Anatar, yeah. you know, because every other time it's established, even if it's in, you know, like back canon of like Shadow of War or something or Mordor, it's that that was what he did. That was the first time. They're not ever telling the story of, oh, he went there before and tried to do something. So, but it's fine. It's a show. Again, it's it's an adaptation yep. and it's a condensed storyline and they're doing stuff different. I'm just happy to live in the world of Middle Earth again. So it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, going into more of the episode. Um, just continuing on, because I'll jump around. Uh, the Stranger and interacts with the mystics and the mystics are like you're our lord sauron but you can't control your powers and you don't know who you are so i think it's kind of weird because they're kind of like the one lead mystic is like tie him up because we don't basically don't want him to hurt us but we're, we're worshiping him at the same time uh nori and sadok and a couple of the other uh harfoots are love it are they show up because they want to save him and they try to untie him from his shackles and it turns out that's one of the shape-shifting mystics and which actually she that, shows that some alludes. thigh in that scene. My God, when she was like walking, <laughs> I, I just realized, Josh. Though that alludes to some, um, they could have been the wolves because they shape shifted into Nori. He shape shifts into Nori and shape shifts into the stranger. That's always. Episode. I think that's always so possible. When you brought that up, I mean, yeah. it's it's very valid. Yeah, that'd but, be kind of cool. You know, it's it's um, interesting how different. Like this is very similar to the scene in which, like, the roast mutton scene in The Hobbit. Where like the dwarves charge in and they kind of attack. You almost have hobbits trying to charge in. It plays out completely differently though. Yeah. But I can picture Sadduck and the other hobbits going in there to that that dwarven theme. You know, like except they're just not doing anything. These are these are harfoots. We're just harfoots with shit in we're our hair. Worthless shit. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder where Radagast gets it from. It's from us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway. So basically, this whole scene plays out with them being tricked. It's actually the, you know, that's not the stranger. Um, then they get in this big fight. Sadduck gets hit by like a blade, a dagger, which leads him to be in pretty bad shape. Um, Man, which I'm sad. Pull one that out for they, my boy. I'm sad that Sadduck's dead. I, I genuinely liked him. And I'm also surprised that in 2022, they decided, oh, yeah, you know, the one black hobbit that all the racists online are hating? Yeah, he's the first one to die. I'm kind of shocked. You're going to tell me. That this dude, Gandalf, who can just completely disintegrates these three women and then also can nurture the ground within 24 hours, cannot go over there and say, hey, hang on, buddy, let me give you a little Grogu healing touch. He can't do that? Come on. Nope. Come. And literally, there's that moment where, like, Sadok's like, just let me look at the sun, and, oh. and he looks over at the stranger, and the stranger's like, yep, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, I'm going to look at the sun, but then he kind of... He turns his head back over to you know Gandalf like I mean unless you got some magic in there in those hands like, still nope. and he's like no I'm I'm good I'm good I'm all out <laughs> I'm on cooldown I'm sorry man now if you were Nori I'd save you but yeah sorry <laughs> yeah right plot armor but yeah yeah oh uh, very sad um, in that moment when he's dying and he's like 
you know, just wants to see the sunrise and, and he's sitting there and his eyes are like kind of twitching. Wow, that was well acted. Yeah, that was so well good. acted. And, and what's what what made Eric Erica? I, I don't think she was close to crying, but she made a squeal like she was about to cry. Mm-hmm. Eric, when he said like, "It's okay, I'll be off to meet the missus soon." Oh, oh yeah. Who chills? Yeah. Um, I literally got chills saying that. Like that was a good scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I kind of I skipped over just to cover the static stuff. Uh, basically, he he uh, Nori kind of talks him into finding himself, and he's able to fight back against the Mystics, and basically just. just Send them back to the shadows from whence they came, and uh, it's weird when he when he kills them, they kind of disintegrate, and it shows them almost. We know we know for several reasons they're not ring race. That makes zero sense at all. But there's this moment where they take on these like ghostly, unseen world forms that kind of remind you of that, and then they disintegrate, and there's like this like to be butterfly dust effect as they dissipate. Has to be a bit horrifying in retrospect for those Harfoots. Like, when well, else have you ever seen anything like that? Man, yeah, yikes. that's why it took Nori so long to decide to, to go with the stranger. She had, she shit her pants. Yeah, you know a lot that happened in that scene. Like, just I'm just nitpicking, but it's it's literally no issue at all. But like, it was weird how they go from like one moment they're sitting there, like you know, Sadik's getting stabbed. The next moment, a bunch of them are like twenty feet up in a tree, chucking stuff at him. And then another second, Sadik's like, "Surprise, fucker!" And then he pops up from the ground and stabs people. I'm like, dude, you literally have a dagger in your stomach. How did yeah. you get over there, let alone be stealthy enough to rise above? What? You know, that motherfucker in that moment was rising from the ashes, born anew. Born anew. Irish Phoenix right there. <laughs> that, I love We need that. Man, we need that meme. We need Sadduck rising up right there for the stabby stab, and we need that caption, Irish. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, Irish. Get on that. Um... Well, if we're requesting stuff from Irish, I want a wall drag Disa chili cook-off. So take your time <laughs> on that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, also, I think now this doesn't bother me at all because it makes sense that like his his sense of being kind of clicked. But I think it's funny how he's all like, oh, apparel, oh, good. And then he's like, back when I was a little boy, I went to school and I bought something. It's like, <laughs> dude, right? Like, holy he suddenly, shit, he just he suddenly wakes up like and, and just knows Rosetta Stone or whatever. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, you know what the mystics did for me while you guys were coming to save me? They gave me a book on hooked on phonics, baby. He's like, back. he's like, when he's standing up and he kill, he disintegrates all three of them, and he says like, I'm good, and then immediately looks at the camera and goes, oh, by the way, I can f- speak fully now. More on this yeah. soon. <laughs> now, okay, now Josh, I know you probably saw my tweet and we 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 hinted at this earlier. I'm gonna give my spiel and then you can. I gotta think you're gonna disagree with me, but we can give the whole thing here. A lot of people, in the same sense as the Mordor text thing, were like, "Oh, I'm good with so cringe. I'm good with so cringe. I wish that wasn't there." Me and Erica had the same thought. In most contexts, that would have been cringe. Like, I'm good. Like that. That really didn't come off good. But I thought, in the context of he was discovering how to speak and who he was, his only like mean, his only like semblance of meaning and understanding of doing the right thing and being helpful was the word good and danger being peril. So once he had this revelation of like, I'm not going to be a bad guy. I know who I am. I'm good. And like Nori telling him like, that's what that means. It was like this, almost this childish moment of like, "Ah, ah, I'm good. Like he discovered it. So to me, it wasn't cringe at all. What do you think? Uh, You're right. You're absolutely right. Wow, that's totally okay. what that. No, that's totally what that meant. I, I did like I joke about the line because the writers out of, knew what they were. Doing. I joke about it because out of context, it literally is just you hear it like as in like Nah, fam, I'm good. You know, like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm gonna pass that on that. But what it actually means is that's literally his character development of like realizing like I'm. They're telling me I'm bad, and I'm believing I'm bad. 
But now this girl who said I was good, I'm realizing I can choose that and I can choose yep. what I want to be. She told me I could. I, this is not defined by anybody else. So I choose to be good. So I'm good. And this is me like shunning you. That's all it was. What no one would have been cringe if he did like the kick ass Nicholas Cage and was like, Child! <laughs> 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 from big ass swing yeah. to 59 <laughs> take cover nori <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh that's uh, that's hilarious wow you tell him gandalf disintegrates good <laughs> oh we're going off the rails here at the end i love it <laughs> okay okay so we got the uh so we, uh, to wrap that up because we still got a lot more in this episode, nuts, Brian. Man, it's gonna be a freaking two-hour podcast damn it um to get this over with though basically uh that that moves on and there's the whole thing where nori nori's parents are like you weren't destined for this you were you're supposed to go off and have adventure whatever yeah. she goes off with uh the stranger super sad goodbye with poppy felt kind of wrong because poppy's totally the same oh my god nori's frodo dude erwin and i said the exact same thing Absolutely, feel kind of sad, but Poppy's going to lead her people because she's a good tracker. So she needs Two to stay things, there with them. Real quick, I understand that. Go ahead. So I thought the same thing, but I, I told her when I said, you know, the only problem with that is, is if she had decided to travel with Nori, then everyone online would have cried foul. Oh, they're just doing the Samwise of Frodo thing. It's, it's just a repeat. Yeah. It's copycat. Yeah. But you know, yeah, I, I love her character. Um, Poppy's one of my favorites out of all the Harfoots. Can I, I get? Can I get Irish Phoenix? You don't have to do any of this. Go ahead. For real, you don't have to do any of this. But if you're, you know, really bored, also I want one of Waldreg offering his chili, and then the stranger saying, "I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> but then to Disa, he's like, mm, "Yum, yum." But uh, mm, Disa, this is yeah, a good chili right here. This is good. But uh, Can I call you my chili, mom. Real quick, Brian, I was going to ask you because I can't remember when uh, the Harfoots go off and they try to rescue Gandalf. Where what, didn't her dad go with? Because he wasn't there in the scenes. I thought he had left to go with him. Or did he stay back? I thought he was there. I don't remember I seeing remember. him in those scenes. I but then again, I mean, his leg's supposed to be still broken, I think, right? So, Oh, uh, he probably wasn't. So, there. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was just trying to piece it together because when they – I thought they all decided to go with, but then I didn't see him. So, But then when they go back, then he's like you, – you, you. How much would you hate it if in season two they, like, mimicked the scouring of the Shire and they had Waldrig show up to the Grove to take out the Harfoot? <laughs> be messed up. I mean, I'm a... Okay, but... Go ahead. Man. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We, we no, got I love so it. I love getting okay. off the rails. It's fun. Okay. So the last thing with the whole stranger plot line yeah. in the season is he's going off with Nori and he tells he tells her he's like, you know, it's not an adventure unless you have someone to share it in with. And then he says the thing about... Fall, you know, I don't know. He's, he, <laughs> me and Erica both thought he was going to uh, Nori was going to say, Modo Gandalf, is it left or right? <laughs> but no, she's like, I don't know where to go. And he was like, "We gotta follow our nose." I love that. Back to yeah, I thought that was what he again. said to. I think he said that to. I think it was. Was it one of the dwarves? He said. I think to? it was, but it was just such a wholesome moment, and it's very Gandalf indicative very of just how gentle he can be in the most, what seems like the most confusing and heartbreaking of times. He just is so sweet. It reminds me of when, um, in Return of the King, when he's talking about death. You know, when they're they're batting down the yeah. door and everything, oh, yeah. and yeah. it's just like the, the, a moment of all times when it seems like people would be shitting britches. Gandalf has the sweetest thing to say, you know, yeah. and it's just. Well, it's, you I love think it. it has a lot to do with where he came from. You know, he's he's essentially like a lesser angel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got that plot line done with. So basically, we 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 don't get any Aaron Deer, Bronwyn, Theo in this episode. We don't get any uh, Durin or Disa. I was looking forward to that. Which, again, Wesley, yeah, shout out to him. He was that. right again because I think he was the one who said, I don't think we're going to see 
any of the Casadoom yeah. Dwarven stuff in this yeah. episode. So yeah, good call. The, the Balrog was their season. Yeah, goal. and that makes complete sense looking back. And, and yeah. let me clarify, just in, I want to make sure people understand this. I really love Erendir. To me, he is the one third holding up the the the, the other two yeah. thirds, which is Theo and, and oh, Bronwyn. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's the only part I, would like to see more. I like about the Southland stuff. It's not to say I completely hate it. Like, I do care about Bronwyn in a way. Uh, Theo, the whole thing with Galadriel trying to, like, sort of inspire him to become more as a warrior and stuff. It's like, okay, we'll yeah. see if he develops. But Arendir was great. The only thing I hated was how he doesn't... He's got time to tell... Oh, he's got dude. time to tell Galadriel to go chase that dude down, but doesn't say... He's got a weapon of Sauron. You know, it's it, you yeah. know it, like basically, like, spell it out. Like, <laughs> I was like, come on. One thing we have but to mention we skipped over from, fine. A, from episode seven is Galadriel does mention her husband, Celeborn, oh my God. who is apparently dead, but we know he's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, that's that another thing. A, There's another whole thing. He's the guy, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's part of the group that discovers Rivendell or what becomes Rivendell. Hmm. So, he'll show up this again. Way at the end. Again, yeah. When I heard that, I was like, are you serious? You're going to make her fall in love with Halbrun? And you're going to tell me? No. And I, yeah, okay. in that moment, it's going. Th- all these things are going through my mind. But I, then I thought, no. It's just like, he's going to show back up. That's going to be a plot d- device. And for let me clarify. Team. I'm going to tell me if you agree with this, Josh. I, I, I feel like you might have a slight different opinion. Now, this is going to sound super condescending. I don't mean to sound condescending. For super mainstream viewers, I can see how they might have misconceived this. But it's very clear through the show through its writing, through Tolkien's works, and just how everything happens in the Tolkien. There is no romance between Galadriel and Halbrand. There never was at any moment during the show, and there wasn't up to the end. At the end, when he talks about her being his queen, that is him trying to influence her because she's a stopgap in his plans. There's no romance there. And it's also the, the common theme of Sauron does not share power. There's there's no kissing. There was no, if you look back on it, because this is you know it's a lot of people like you know say that uh, oh f- you know Frodo and Sam were gay. Well, it's because in the time we live today, we're not that used to seeing men share in close friendships with a lot of love that isn't gay. But Charles, or uh, Sam and Frodo were at least not in Tolkien's work. They were not written as gay at all. So people say oh they're gay whatever. It's the same thing here like Halbrand and um, Gladriel. There, if you actually think about it, there is no scenes of, of love, affection, hugging, kissing. The one time they shake because they're going to battle together. I, I just because I've seen people say that they hate that Galadriel fell in love with Sauron mm-hmm. while Kele, you know, and while uh, Celeborn's out there somewhere. That to me, that didn't happen at all. She she was influenced by him for sure. But it, there's no romantic angle there, in my opinion. And I know people are shipping the whole Haladriel thing with <laughs> Halbrand. That's a good no, title just, for a ship, though. It's, it's, yeah. It is. It's a, it's a fan ship, and you know what? Go have your fun. But that's it's clearly just like Raylo stuff. Here. I can't go for it. But that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole lot of no for me. Now Raylo did actually happen a bit in Rise of Skywalker yeah, because the shipping, of the fans. It's like you're, so many people who like it's the same people who online will be like you know this this person's toxic or abusive and then there's the same people that romance Kylo Ren who's like completely manipulative to Rey. Yeah. I'm like I can't. I, I saw I saw some it. stands on Twitter be like if it turns out Halbrand is Sauron and he's killed all those people it's all forgiven by me. I love Halbrand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well it's funny here. how many paintings I've seen people like they they'll see paintings of like what people imagined him to be when he was Anatar and stuff and they're like. 
damn, Sauron's sexy. You know, like they love him, yeah. man. Like, and someone would be like, God damn, I'd hit that. And it's like, oh my gosh. But I like, hey, like what you like, I guess, even if they're super evil. But uh, you know what? A couple things, a couple things come to mind. You know, I, I've always, that, that whole thing with Frodo and Sam being gay has always driven me nuts because you know what? If they were gay, totally fine. But the fact is, they're not. And people make a thing out of that. All it is to show yeah. is that. You know, straight man can be just as gentle. It's a whole aspect exactly. of toxic masculinity. Straight man could be, you know, when when Aragorn's kissing Boromir on the forehead. Most people in real life are like, something's wrong with that. There's and literally nothing. There's literally nothing wrong with that. It shows that men who are, are attracted to women can be as gentle to men, other men, as they can be to women, and that that there's nothing wrong with I'm that. And you don't need to make you. anything out of that. So it's like, and if anything, that's that benefits both sides, whether you're gay, yeah. straight, whatever. And I hate, I hate that people try to make some corny thing out of that. Can I laugh at it sometimes? Just because, like, there was literally like a TBS commercial, I think, one time way back when they were promoting that they were going to be showing Return of the King, and they play like soap opera music with it. Was that did that get a laugh out of me? Yeah. Sure, yeah, right. but like at the same time, it's like, come on. But then this whole thing, like, back to what you were saying with Hallbrand and Galadriel, you know what? It did feel at times that that's what they're trying to go for, but there wasn't really anything super concrete that I can really pull from, so I do see where you're coming from. The only thing I would say, I guess just in contrast, is that with all the sort of like ways that they're kind of like lifting one another up, I've seen that in other stories where that does become a thing, so it definitely felt like that was maybe on the table, but it ended up not being on the table. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I think Pretty she open. had some compassion. I think there was a relationship building there, just not a romantic one sure. personally. Sure, yeah. But I, I, I think it's important to mention. I, I'm confident in my man. And I'm gonna say it right here. If me and Josh went on a journey to Mordor, it would probably look a lot like Frodo and absolutely, Sam. Yeah. absolutely. I guarantee it'd be like it'd be Josh like. Uh, Saying, I, I can't sleep, Mr. Frodo. This rock's in my back. And I'll be like, me neither, Josh. Yeah. I can't sleep. And then they'll be like, him carrying me up the side of a mountain, him sharing his water, give me the last of the Lumbus bread. Yeah, hell yeah. And then and then, and then Gollum's going to be getting between us, and I'm going to be like, Josh, go home and never return. you be like, you don't mean that, bro. We did a podcast for like three years. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't get it. It's it's just like, it's it's almost like saying like, any man, I don't know. I, I, that's a whole different topic for a, a different a different time. It's just it's gonna really kill the moment though. When instead of uh, uh, Sally, what's her name? Not Sally Cotton, Rosie Cotton with ribbons in her hair. Josh gonna be like, gonna be like Tario with that big booty. I wanted to taste. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, Josh, no. If I could have eaten any booty like Rosie's, it would have been hers. <laughs> oh gosh. But man, you know what? Like again, I just I, I hate that people make a thing out of that because it's like it's almost an insult to same-sex partnerships and then at the same time it's an insult to people who are same sex and they're just showing affection to one another and i just i hate that but i i get the humor in it like the the memeage of it don't you hate too I, if you even if you're whether you're straight or gay don't you hate it when you're hanging out with a friend and someone goes like are you two together yeah and you're kind of like you wish it hadn't have been said out loud because it's a little yeah, why does it even matter you know? yeah it's uh, yeah. that's so ridiculous if it, who cares like who ca- mind your own fucking business yeah <laughs> anyway anyway right love frodo sam yeah, love um, this stuff this is fun i'm having a blast this is this is really yeah. good josh i think to kind of give an overview to the i think this can we can wrap it all up in this final kind of segment here yeah basically what we see is Halbrand is brought back injured to uh a region very convenient uh, he gets healed what's that very convenient very conveniently yeah he gets healed up. There's this cool reunion with Galadriel and Elrond. It's clear they have a lot of love and affection for each other. Great chemistry. Um, there's this moment of them. I, I know this is out of order, but they were talking about what they should craft with the Mithril. 
They think at first they should craft a crown for Gilgalad. And I love that Gilgachad said, I am not going to be someone to bear all that power. I don't need Question. It. Did you come up with cool. Gilgachad on your own or did someone else? Or did you, did you arrive at that independently or no? I, I'm guessing I didn't, but I know most people are going with Gilgadaddy. I'm going with Gilgachad. Well, I was going to say that's brilliant. Gilgachad. Gilgachad. Gilgachad's better than Gil- Gilgadaddy. You got the thirst. Gilgachad, you just respect. <laughs> Man, someone quote that from Brian, like that scene from The Office where he's like, "You miss a hundred percent of the important. You, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." Wayne Gretzky, and then underneath Michael Scott, Gilga Daddy, you got the thirst. Gilga, Gilga Chad, you cut the respect. Yeah, that's that's uh, really well said. But well uh, said. so he's like, "Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to take that crown. I don't want that." And then they're like, "Oh, well, we, you know." Eventually, they're like, "We should make something smaller." Um, uh, Hallibrand shows up, offers his expertise. He's they can't get the mithril broken down with all the power they throw at it, and. He mentions like uh, you should, or he's the first one to mention you should add other a- alloys to it to stretch it out into more. He's and like, ah, did you like we can't do did that? Did you consider you know breaking it into an alloy in three specific flavors of strawberry, <laughs> strawberry, blueberry, and pineapple? How I could see Halbrand being the name of a yogurt brand for Halbrand, sure. It totally Halbrand's sounds yogurt. like the brand of a, a product brand. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 totally. yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he convinces Kel Brimbor. You can see Kel Brimbor is becoming impressed with this knowledge. He's like, consider it a gift. Kill like, okay. like, I'm, I'm starting to like this guy. I don't know. Kill like, shit. Hey, you guys liking this guy? I, I kind of like him. I'm gonna keep him around. He's like, I, I, I read this. I read the script. I thought you were gonna be Anatar. What's this shit? Come on now. <laughs> um, and then, and then there's also the 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 further further on where, um, well, actually, I'm getting it out of order here. So yeah, he says they have to mix stuff to make it work, and then, oh, then there's also the section where they're like, oh. We're, we're, we're putting too much force. The, the the alloys need to be coerced. They need to be coaxed into working together. And then there's this scene, which I didn't think it was going to happen at this moment, and it did, and it caught me off guard, and I was like, wow, that was badass. There's this moment where Galadriel, you know, she's, the whole time she's been going, something's up with this Halbrand guy. She's outside, and Halbrand comes out, and he's like, shit's awesome. I'm glad you brought me here. And she's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of question like, is oh, that? Oh, you want to fight? So you want to have an argument? Oh, you want to fight? That's what yeah, it's we're like doing a couple things. Huh? Like, yeah. It's yeah, like exactly. getting, getting up out of bed, and he's like, "What a lovely day!" And she's like, "I bet you say that to all the girls." And he's like, "Oh, so yeah, that's what you right. want to do today? You want to fight?" Okay, exactly, Ugh. exactly. So then it goes into this whole like mind sequence, which was I thought I'm gonna be sad if you don't agree, Josh. I thought this whole thing was freaking awesome. I loved all of it. The flashback to her being with her brother and Valinor. The flashback to them being on the raft and them screaming at each other with the camera up close and their angry faces and uh, the Sauron and the queen and the water. This whole scene where it's just like a full. Finally, there's a. It's out in the open. Full discovery between those two characters. This is who I am. This is what I want. She's she refutes him. And there's this whole scene, and what I think is really neat, which sold it for me even more, is when she comes back to, she's in the water, and like Elrond's pulling her out, and, he, she, and she's like, prove that you're Elrond, and he's like, I was an orphan, and you you talked to me, or whatever, and so, and then so, but then what's cool is, I didn't even realize, the whole time she's being like, mind-screwed by Halbrand, he's not even there anymore, he got he got the hell out of Dodge, you know, he's not in Aragon anymore, right. or Aragion, Aragon, Aragion, <laughs> Aragion. <laughs> the room, uh, and uh, so he, uh, so she, she, she wakes up and she's like, "We gotta stop." And Elrond's like, "We're pretty much done already." And she's like, "Oh shit!" She starts running. Elrond's like, "What's going on?" She gets there and they're just about to start pouring it, and she's like, "Which this kind of surprised me. It makes sense now that I've thought thought it through." But at first, I thought she was gonna say, "Don't do it. Don't make them. You know, this is evil. This is bad." She's like, "We gotta make three. I'm like, "What?" I thought you just realized this was evil or whatever. No, but it makes sense. You want to make three because. 
Two, you could have like one in control and one submissive to it. Three, yeah, it, the whole balance more, aspect. I love know. that. Plus, they have to have it because they created this is you know made up for the show, but they have to have this. These three people and their light of Valinor will allow the people to live there longer because they need that's like their life source. Man, she also I'm, mentioned she's like what I think is interesting, and she says that Halbrand dude. He comes around, get him the hell out of here. We're done with him. Doesn't say that he's Sauron, probably because he's embarrassed as hell, but she's like, he is not allowed here. What are you going to say, Josh? <laughs> it makes it sound like a musician in a band who wrote all the actual songs, but then they had a falling out, and they're like, that guy comes around here, screw him. Kick him yeah. out. We're going to make, we're going to be successful. Title we're going to, we're going to use his like DNA, but we're going to be successful without him. We're going to capitalize on this. But, right. um, yeah. no, I was going to say, my dad actually threw me for a loop when we were watching that because he, he he put a big thought in my head in that moment. He was like, "I he said like when she goes up, she's like, we got to make three. He's like, that's him. He's like, that's him. And I was like, oh really? I was like, oh, what if she's like, what are they doing? Some kind of mind yeah. thing where she's stuck in some loop or I don't know something. And that's him. And they're about to like at the end, that's going to be a twist. And then it wasn't. But I thought, man, if they'd done that, I could have I could have been like, oh wow. But yeah, yeah. they didn't do that. Yeah. What I thought was neat though is instead of having her tell everyone. They delayed it to where Elrond went out to the water and he found the scroll and he realizes yeah. that but no king in the Southlands well, for a thousand years. Okay. That, and he's coming back in to Gladriel with the information. Like she looks down at him, he's got he that in his it. hand. And he's like, I know that this dude is not what he says he is, but he doesn't there's no conversation in this I season. I don't like that. Like Okay. I just I just don't again, if it's okay, if it's me and you and I you know, and I'm walking up, I just found out this dude who I thought was our ally. Is totally the big bad dude, the bad dude who like really messed me up enough to motivate me in my life, get other people killed going on these missions and stuff. And I said, screw Valinor because I want to go kill this guy. I would not, I'd just go up to you and be like, you know, I don't know where he went. You know, like it's weird to think I wouldn't tell you that right in the moment. Well, but, I think it's because the second she woke up, they were about to forge the ring. Yeah. She, she had, well, I do right? think what it's trying to imply in that moment is that. The moment she gets there and she sees that stuff, like she's being swept up. There's almost that sense of power that's getting a hold of her because the moment mm. that Elrond shows up, he's about he looks like he might talk about it, and then immediately you start to see it almost looks like the scroll slip. Like it's almost he's just not caring anymore. Like it's yeah. all focus is drawn onto these three rings, and it's very. What's cool too is like. We've seen from Fellowship, and I guess Battle of Five Armies too. If you want to, you can bring that up too. We've seen that Galadriel is tempted by this stuff, right? Yeah. Like she fights it and she overcomes it. But like, it, we never saw Elrond have that. But because, but it makes sense that like that Galadriel did. Uh, but yeah, they forge the three rings, um, and as the Mithril Stone falls into the the hot, you know, lava or whatever you want to call it, uh, it makes like the Eye of Sauron as they're forging yeah. the, the rings. Um, they each have their the they, they forge the three rings. And I'm trying to think this. I think that's just kind of doesn't that just kind of the scene just kind of end with them having their rings and Elrond having the thing, the 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 scroll. Pretty much. And then it pans over love, to. I'm sorry. I do love real quick. Yeah, okay. Just kind of before that, as we're building up to the reveal that Halbrand is Sauron, I do love the moment as th- that we as viewers get to experience the piecing together with Galadriel when Celebrimbor is talking about power over flesh or whatever, and Galadriel's like, "Where'd you hear that?" And she's yeah. starting to she's starting to put two and two together by that point. Like something's messed up. That's why she does go ask for the the scroll and tries to seek that out. So I liked that because in that moment, that's when I'm like, oh, it is it him? And then you know the other stuff with like 
uh, Gandalf and whatnot. I think that had already happened, if I'm not mistaken. And it seemed like she, it seemed like Halbrand had some kind of almost control over Celebrimbor because after Gilgachad leaves and Galadriel <laughs> starts dick, asking though. him, Gil Galad is a dick in this. Show. I mean, I love the He's actor. Like, we ain't doing love this the character, by. but um, damn. Yeah, I'm sorry, um, didn't mean to cut you off. But buddy. after after he walks away, Gladriel's like, "Where'd you hear that?" Like you were just saying, "Where'd you hear that yeah. line?" Kel Brimbor, he's just like staring at the ground. He's just like, "Uh, uh so um, like he, he's like he's so he can't." Yeah. It's almost hey, like little he mama, can't little focus. whisper in your ear. Yeah, he is seduced. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and then and no, I think it's funny too. Is I saw this from the Nerd of the Rings. I I didn't come up with this, but it's funny how there's a scene where uh they're walking past El, it's like Elrond and 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 Kel Brimbor, and they're like Kel Brimbor's like. Three weeks. This should have took three. This should have took three generations or yeah. three um, three centuries. Well, because in the lore it did take three centuries, <laughs> but it's three weeks in the show. Yeah, so. expedited. That's good. You pay yeah. for what you get. What um, you but pay the, for. the show ends with um, Halbrand showing up cloaked to Mordor, looking out at Mount Doom, and that's kind of where we're set up for. I do enjoy two. seeing the memes now of people's you know in one frame having that at the bottom, but in the top frame it's Boromir saying one does not simply walk into Mordor. So well, Sauron did it himself. <laughs> I just did, mofo. Yeah. So no. Um, but to go back to what you said, though, I mean, I, I really did. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed the the twist reveal of Halbrim being Sauron and how we talked to Galadriel, the close ups of their faces. It's hard because sometimes I feel like the act- Morphid Clark is going a little too hard on on some of her acting, but I do like her overall. I do like her overall. So in that scene, I'm almost like, oh come on. It's almost like these two people pointing the finger at one another, being like. You're wrong, and no, you're wrong, and I'm bad, and I'm bad, and I'm, you know, all this, and I'm right, and I, you know, I'm right, and it was, eh, but at the same time, I'm like, I was all in, it was an amazing moment, and I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's pretty much, I think Tolkien did imply, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Tolkien did more or less imply that Galadriel was probably, like, the closest to being his equal out there, and I, so I mean, yeah, I, I do like that there is that kind of buildup between these two, and it does kind of set up even more motivation for her, it does really help set off that light and dark side, if you will, uh, just the dichotomy, I guess, of these characters and, the, and just the, the narrative structure of uh, the One Ring, so or Rings of Power, I said, or One Ring, but, uh, dude, great finale. Um, I will say, coming off after how I felt, even though I, kn- I know I'm the only one that feels that way from the last two episodes, this episode really brought me back, and I just sat there and I thought, oh, no, like, the worst part was seeing it end. It plays a chilling song at the end, talking about the rings yeah. and everything, but uh, which was amazing. But I'm just like, oh my god! Finish filming and production right now. I need season two right now. Inject it right. into my veins. Let it rain mithril from the sky and inject it onto my skin. I want season two right now. I got to see what happens next. And it's like so many questions. I'm like, okay, where you know what's uh, is Gan- are we gonna see Gandalf discover he's Gandalf? Also, a good question, Brian. Do you think in season two that we see Gandalf discover other wizards such as Saruman? It was said in the lore, if I'm not mistaken, that Saruman arrived with Radagast. It wasn't that they arrived one one by one, but those two arrived together, even though Saruman, I don't think, took too kindly to him. But do you think they, they discover the, the other wizards? And, I mean, if so, do you think somewhere within the show we see the, the formation of the White Council? I'm not sure about the White... It's possible. I'm not sure about the White Council part. We know that... Other than one version of the lore, which Tolkien wrote, yeah, um, the wizards all showed up in the Third Age. There is one version of the lore where the two blue wizards showed up at the end of the second, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they all showed up in the third. So now that Gandalf is in the second, I think it'd be pretty cool for the show to have 
a Saruman and a Radagast character. And I mean, even the Blue Wizards, too, if possible. I think that could add to a lot At of At this point, story I'm like, elements. just go ahead and add them. Like, you're doing your own thing anyway, yeah. so go ahead. I mean, because that's my thing is like, I, I know that there's. I know Tolkien purists would like hate me saying this, but I'm like, the Second Age and the Third Age, it's still the same time. You know, you know what I mean. Like, it's a different time, but like, when they say Second Age and Third Age, it's like it's basically like me saying Josh's grandpa and me. You know, like yeah. I was born way longer, way right. way further no, away. But your your grandpa still lived into our lifetimes, right? Like the Second Age, it wasn't like when the Second Age ended. The Earth exploded and then a new Earth <laughs> yeah. was created. It's all the same. So, so the fact that they came early, when we're already having time compression, do I really care? Exactly. No. That's what I would. What would bother me? What would bother me is if something like Gandalf goes to Numenor to stop Sauron right, right. from. Uh, that would be stupid. That'd be so dumb. You know. But just keep them away from the stuff that they shouldn't be a part of. I, I think it's fine. Yeah, and I mean, I would love to see the Blue Wizards just for the simple fact of they have so much room to play with them then because so little is known oh, about yeah. them that I don't think people would get as upset or nitpicky just because we have nothing to really chew on with them. So give yeah. us something to chew on. That'd be fun. And you could give them different names, honestly, because in one one version of the lore they don't have Yeah, them. exactly. So, I mean, I mean, I would love Palando and Alatar, but Me at too. the same time, yeah, yeah, totally. i just love to see Blue Wizards. You know, do something yeah. with them. But, dude, uh, yeah, what would you think, though? It, it, I mean, I loved it. Loved the finale. Um, so this this show, like, subjectively, subjectively, right? This show is, like, everything I can want from a show. I loved all of it. I don't think there was one episode that was weak. There was part, the Bronwyn, South, some of the South, Southwind stuff was weak. But there was no one whole episode that was weak. I loved every episode. It's my favorite property on Earth. I love Middle Earth. Um, Lord of the Rings stuff. It had the action. It had the characters, the intrigue, the mystery, the music, the everything was there. I gotta li- listen uh, to this real quick. Hang on, give it, a, give it a second. I love this. Is the the track? The soundtrack's up now on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And this is the track for the stranger. And I'm just like, they play this at so many different times. You're gonna tell me that, like, that doesn't suit like this mysterious aura of who is this wizard that's Gandalf? Like, I don't yeah. know. I just. So Very thematic, cool. and I mean, there, there's more to that. But anyway, uh, I didn't mean I, to yeah, I, interrupt you, but I, I even went and listened. There's two specific tracks for uh, Halbrand, and there's another one for Sauron. And I, I, I was listening very specifically to see if there was any similar familiar motifs, and there was not. So they did a really good job of trying to not you know, clue people into that. Give them those yeah. implications that you see in retrospect, but mm-hmm. um, not just put it right under our noses. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, I, I loved I loved I love the show so much. I mean it, it did it didn't let me down at all. I would say actually, yeah, it was better than what I expected. It was better than my expectations for this show. I loved the Harfoots, I loved the dwarves, the elves, Numenorians, um, I loved Arandir. I loved I loved elements of the Southlands. I just think that I think that Waldreg, Theo, and Bronwyn are all incredibly weak characters as they stand right now, and yeah. for them encompassing most of that plot line, it just show it just showed that it was weak there. Arandir was good. Ad- Adar was amazing. Yeah, I love Ad- him. Adar was. Yeah. If somebody told me he was the best character in the show to them, I'd say that makes sense to well, me. Well, I kind of so, hate that a- the, that Arandir yeah. has this tether because when Galadriel showed up. I thought, okay, we're going to get to see some elves interact. Well, they barely do interact. Yeah. And there's not a real sense of kinship with them. And I thought, mm-hmm. damn, I, I really wanted to see more of that. And He's like a woodland elf. But I, it seems like his his fate is going to be tied with whatever happens to those Southlanders just because of Bronwyn yeah. and Theo. So, yeah. 
But yeah, but even saying that, you know, provided they can get more interesting, I'm I'm all I'm fair game for more Bronwyn and more Theo. It, it just just uh, probably not more Waldrick. I got another question to ask you real quick. <laughs> okay. Okay. Does this this is in the in the score? Does this not sound like the level of a video game in something like Ape Escape? Wait till this shit pops I off. Was, I was actually before you asked the question, I was just saying, is that Crash Band? I'm gonna give it just a moment right here. Does that not sound like Crash Bandicoot or some shit? This song is Hardfoot yep. Life when you first see the Hardfoots. I'm like, what oh, are the TNT boxes? That's the life I want to right? live, Hardfoot Life. Like, it's, it's just a completely different vibe these Hardfoots got compared to Hobbits, but, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you Dude, off. Dude, I know there's so much more I would like to say. I know that if, if we had set out to make a four-hour episode, I know I could feel This it. is going to be our I longest so episode we've done in a while. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I just love the show. Dude. So, for me, subjective score, it's a 10. 10's not perfect. 10 does not mean perfect. I, I think the show is, even subjectively, I don't think the show is perfect. But, you know, for me, it just satisfies so much of what I want. Because, like, here's where I am when it comes to TV shows. My favorite kind of TV show is epic fantasy. You have stuff like Game of Thrones, um, Vikings, uh, Last Kingdom, stuff like that. And usually, most of those fantasy shows, Wheel of Time is another one. Most of those shows to me, they don't grab me or they're kind of cheesy in some ways. I don't like them. You know, I, I did like Vikings quite a bit, but it kind of trailed off towards the end. And then, as you guys know, I've always been a huge Game of Thrones fan. But for me, what I loved about Game of Thrones so much is certain characters and, and moments, brother, brotherhoods and friendships and, and, and even some romances. Like, I, I love that stuff. I've never really been a fan, and I'm not judging anyone else. I've never really been a fan of, like, the harsh nudity, pornography uh, uh, incest, that kind of stuff. I've just, it's never, I never wanted it to be there. I just accepted that it was because I like so much of the rest of the show. So having a show that for me rings of power, it offers all the benefits of Game of Thrones, um, with none of the negatives. And it's set in my favorite universe of all time. Uh, and, and meanwhile, uh, I'm not completely casting aside yet, but like, meanwhile, House of the Dragon's out and I'm trying to get into it and I just can't because to me, House of the Dragon doesn't have any of the things I really loved about Game of Thrones, it's, it's, it's pretty much all one family being awful and murderous and incestuous and there's still all the porn and all the all that stuff. And I just, I just, and then I go over, I'm like, you know, it's like House of the Dragon, someone's like, let me chop off your dong, sleep with four women and then sleep with my sister. And then I go over to the Rings of Power and there's a Harfoot sharing an apple and I'm just like, this is where I belong. This is where I belong. You know, I don't, I don't belong there. So Rings of Power might, and it might quite possibly end up, I can't say now, I'm caught way too much in the hype, but it could quite possibly become my favorite show of all time. My other problem with shows is if a lot of my favorite shows of all time are about source material I don't care about. Me and Josh just talked about Mad Men. I don't really care about advertising men in New York who sleep, who cheat with their wives all the time. Not that interesting of a topic, but the show's God tier. Breaking Bad, I don't care about drug cartels in New Mexico at all, but the show's amazing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm usually having to fight either source material I don't care or fantasy that I don't feel is like either done that well or it's just got a lot of stuff in it I don't care for. So Rings of Power, it's really the show I've always asked for. 10 out of 10 subjectively. Nice. If I was being objective, I think this show is an incredibly firm, solid 8 out of 10 for me personally. I don't think it, it reaches that close. nine like mm, nine ten close. era yeah. uh, or, or spot. It's obviously not a ten. There's too many issues for it to be a ten. But I don't even think it hits that nine because we've seen some amazing television, whether it be an episode of Lost, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, whatever, Mad Men, something amazing episodes. And I don't feel like there was, even though all the episodes of Rings of Power was so quality, 
I don't feel like there was that one episode where it closed and I'm back in my chair going, what just happened? Like, think about like um, when uh, Hard Home from Game of Thrones, where uh, John goes to save the wildlings and it ends with John trying to sail away on a boat. And then the Night King just walks up to the edge of the shore and he just lifts his hands up at all of the people that had just gotten killed become his undead army moments that gave me chills hold the door from 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 game yeah. of thrones. And it's not even just game great of thrones. episode breaking bad there's there's moments with uh character episodes i can't think off the top of my head where i'm just like holy shit that just happened like i'm sitting back in my chair floored there hasn't been a moment uh, an episode that did that for me in rings of power so it, that's that's kind of why it's not the nine out of ten it's got some issues but it is an extremely firm eight out of ten the way i'd like to describe that you love this josh the way i'd like to describe that eight out of ten is you remember in toy story 2 when at the very, very end of the movie, Andy uh, fixes the cut in Woody's arm, mm. and he stuffs it full of stuffing, and Woody has like this really strong <laughs> stuffed arm. That's how I feel about my 8 out of 10 for this show. It's such an incredibly firm 8, it's unshakable. I'm not talking about it just scathed by with an 8. I'm saying, man, if you push this any harder, you're getting a 9 out of me. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. What about you, Josh? Give us Pretty all your close. final break. Pretty close. Uh, I would give it a... 7.5 still I think uh object- objectively um yep. may I, I don't know nah. I mean I, there's times I, I think of 7 I almost thought 6 but I'm like that's way too harsh it is a 7.5 and for me and objectively and then subjectively it's probably a 9 out of 10 you know it, it is I think I think the the biggest issue with it is just it's just more down to just pacing I do think you have like you talked about these moments that kind of like really make a show feel like it peaks leaves you on the edge of your seat you can't wait till next week I don't feel like I feel like the show has a lot of moments that could be that, but it doesn't spend enough time on them. It doesn't mm-hmm. characters talk, but they don't talk long enough. Characters have wholesome moments, but they're not. They don't feel like they hit enough because they're not given enough time to breathe. And yeah. I feel like the show is jumping. It's because you know you're you're jumping from so many different character arcs. It's hard to get everyone in one of them. And as the show progressed, we were introduced to more characters. And then as the show progressed, we also had some episodes that didn't have some of those characters in it at all so the management was a little bit uh jostled all over the place and i hope that's something they can kind of figure out a bit more going remember aaron's your friends that died remember that yeah exactly that was other characters yeah so i mean there was a lot that was just kind of all shuffled around the board and i think it was edited well i think it's still done well but i think there's just there was a bit of a pacing issue for me that in eight episodes it felt like way too much happened way too fast and because you have to get to this point of like, what do they call it? Rings of power. Oh, here's why in the closing shot. It's like, I yeah. get it. But uh, no, I, I think it's a phenomenal show. I think they use the budget wisely. You can tell they did care. You can tell how much love was put into it. Um, I love the people that are involved in this, that are playing these characters. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't. Anybody who says the people who made the show didn't care. Yeah. You got to read it. I mean, I know you might be frustrated. It doesn't follow Tolkien perfectly, but. People you know what though is it, it's it's great because even though for someone like me who struggles a little bit with the Star Wars sequel trilogy, despite loving it in some ways, it's more it's important that that's there because there are people out there that that's their favorite Star Wars. That's the version they got in, got into it with. Is that George Lucas's version? No, but yep. that's for them. That's their Star Wars. This is going to be somebody's Middle Earth. This is going to be someone's gateway oh, yeah. into a much bigger world. And I think that's awesome. I love it. Someone's going to like the show and not be able to get well, in the movie. Well, you know, and I'm that. sitting there thinking, I'm looking at uh, The Hobbit the other day and I'm thinking about watching it. And I thought, for the first time, I thought, I don't, I don't want to watch The Hobbit. I want to watch more 
in the second age. I want to watch more second age stuff. I've done that already. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm in. And is it, do I think overall is the show going to have the potential to become one of my favorites of all time? Yeah, I think it has that potential. Do I think I'll like it more than the six that came before? Probably not, but that's more nostalgia, having a lot of time to be, you know, and and that's what set the bar. That's what set the standard, everything that comes after. Even if I don't mean to, I'm going to compare that to and hold it up to that standard of quality. But I love being involved in these worlds. Anytime I've gotten a chance to live in Middle Earth, I'm happy, whether it's in video games, whether it's in other material, you know, however they want to do it, even if it's just parodies and stuff like that. It's just fun. I love Middle Earth. So seeing that these people are doing this and trying to still kind of connect it to Jackson's stuff in a way is really cool to me. I'm excited to see where I this show goes. I think they've done a pretty good job I think of so too. connecting it to Peter Jackson. There's, there's, there's so much to love about this. It, this show, for all the budget and all the rights and, and just COVID impacting it, there was even a big casting change I remember way back too. Yeah. So, supposed to have uh, What's the Kid from We Are the Millers? Oh, it was. Holy shit. But um, I forgot about that. But for all of that, it had all the potential in the world to fail. It's rare that something. It's rare when you set out to make something good and you have all the budget and backing behind you. It's yep. rare that it turns out successful. That's why a lot of these games don't get sequels or movies don't get sequels. But it's when you start off with a movie or game that has it's like a Mass Effect. Yeah, you plan it as a trilogy, but you have a self-contained experience. Why? Because if that doesn't succeed and flops, then at least you got the open and shut kind of story more or less for that yeah. adventure. So that's why they kind of start out that way. So the fact that this already has that. It's it's lightning in a bottle, and people love it. You know, I, I do. We have our people in our community, dude. I'm so grateful for you guys. I know Brian is too, because it's just like there is so much hate out there, and it kind of surprises me because I don't read that as much as anymore because I don't want that toxicity getting in my brains. So yeah. I don't want that there. So the fact I see you guys constantly talking about how good it is. Maybe I don't always agree with you, but like I love hearing that because it, if you surround yourself with people who like if, who only hate a certain thing, eventually it will seep into your own. Yeah, thought. it does. It does uh, penetrate those mind graves, absolutely. But uh, dude, I love this show. I can't wait for season two. I mean, it it is real hard seeing that 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 finale did so much for me, and I hate it's it's that it's that struggle i have where it's almost like sometimes i don't want to finish things because if i don't finish it it's still always there to be finished yeah. to be experienced but yet the whole part is to consume that content experience it look forward to what comes next but damn i don't want to wait a year i do not want to wait a year but you know what I'd, and people are saying the rumors two years yeah wow i mean i do remember them saying that we don't want uh, well I, they were saying recently when it was announced that they are filming now for season 2 they were saying they want to have as short a gap as possible in between seasons. Yeah. But for a show like this, that could very well be two years. However... Well, I think the reason people are saying two years is because they confirmed it will not be released till 2024. But that doesn't mean two years. That well, just means not... Yeah, and that also could mean that they're filming a couple seasons together. You know, the fact that yeah. this is more connected... It's just like, just like Dune in a way. Like, people wanted the Dune movie to get like a sequel... But it wasn't confirmed, you know, and now it's got yeah. that kind of running. Now we know it's, a, I think it's going to be a trilogy. Yeah. So, like, yeah, now they got that momentum, they can probably have a little bit more breathing room seeing how this show has been received, you know, by viewership because that's what they're going to pay attention to. People hate on corporate people, and I get it. I totally get it, and I'm with you. But at the same time, those people that are in those chairs that are looking at the stats, that's what's making their business money. That's, that's, that's their job. Uh, that's what they're going to look at. So, uh, I'm 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 rambling. I had such a blast watching this show. This has been amazing. This started when Brian and I were both on vacation. Brian became a dad. I went on and had a real wholesome vacation. Spent a lot of time with my dad, and brought we got to go back to Middle Earth. That's always been a big part of our friendship. 
Uh, cannot wait to season two and and to see what happens. This, this nostalgia is going to be very real for us, dude. Because yeah. I, I know, just like you said, you mentioned I had a kid. So we had, me and Erica were in the hospital, had the baby, and then our baby had to be put in NICU. And the very next day, we're down in our hospital room with no baby because the baby's up in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And Erica is, you know, really sore from having a C-section. And she's like, you want to watch the new Rings of Power? Because it came out the day after our baby was born. And I got up on the hospital bed with her. You know, those hospital beds with the plastic bars on the side. I got in bed with her and we laid next to each other and we pulled out our laptop and we watched the Rings of Power there. And that's how where we started the show. <laughs> that's pretty and memorable. It's, and it's been this show we've caught every week and we've been excited for together. Like, it's not just me. It's my wife also saying, I can't wait. Tomorrow's Rings of Power. And having that every week. Until now, you know what? It's, you know, it's, it's Wesley awesome. said something. I got to ask you just real quick, Brian. Wesley's put this in the Discord. I think this is a fair point. Um, he was talking about a pod he recommended, and in that podcast, they were talking about the decision to hide Sauron. And uh, this is what he says: um, In the pod I just sent, they talked to the host about the decision to hide Sauron behind an original identity. If it's just, oh hi, Galadriel, I'm Anatar, then that's not fair or fun because then you're ahead of Galadriel for however many episodes. They also discuss the decision to introduce a relationship with Sauron in this way because that's what the show is about and it's what Tolkien's writings are about. For the characters to not have any meaningful relationship with Sauron, if he's just a scary big bad, it's not interesting. There's no gravity in being deceived if you didn't have a relationship that builds trust with the deceiver. Oh, yeah. I think there's themes that come through right. even if it's different. You know, I think that's a fair point. However, I, would st- I still think that at the same time, that just falls into adaptation. The the, the dilemma with ad- adapting something is that you do kind of have to cross those bridges in some ways. And, you know, like, do I know, like, when I watch the Hobbit movies, do I know what Gandalf's up to even before I kind of see those scenes? Yeah. But, like, I, you know, I still want to see it like that. Like, they don't know, but yeah. even if I know, it doesn't ruin the fun it's for the me. Thing. But it's also I'm not upset at all. I'm not upset at all by the Halbrand thing. And I actually really loved it. The execution was brilliant. But if you twist my arm and ask me, I still rather have Anatomy. Me too, me too. But I love. But, so that's, but that's I one hundred percent agree, and and truly get where you're coming from, and backing them on that, uh, Wesley. But yeah, dude, guys, I love it. I love it. We went yeah. long. We went long. It's had a lot of fun. I can say for sure, guys, I have enough material on me to go two more hours right now. But not only do I not want to spend two more hours podcasting straight up, <laughs> but I do have something to do in about a half hour. So we're gonna get out of here, guys. We talked a lot, but like I said, we could. You know what, dude? It, you know what feels good. what's crazy, Josh, is. I guess it makes sense because we're a Halo podcast, but we gave an episode of the podcast for every episode of that damn show, and the Halo TV series, I said this in the Discord, I'll say it here, someone, uh, I, I think it was Keeper of Rocks, I'm not sure, I love I love you, you're, you're fine, I'm not calling you out at all, but I'm just saying, someone in the Discord, I think it was Keeper of Rocks, mentioned, they're like, oh, you know, I like this in Rings of Power more than, more than Halo TV series, and I was like, okay, I gotta get in my soapbox for a minute here, I was like, Halo, the television series? It's like a it's like a little softball game at a middle school compared to the Yankees at the World Series being in rings mm, of power. Like they're not the even sports ball. Yeah. Yeah. Shout outs to 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 High Potion and the football episode. Oh man, rooting for your Packers, in. Steve, if you're listening to this, man. Rooting for Also, Hawes and Steve. I bet they hug up on each other and love on each other. They they Hell yeah, they you see the love in. they have for one another at times on Twitter. It's like, man, come on. Yeah. I love that so, stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You gotta but, love it. But it's it's crazy we did the Halo TV series. we you know, we gave an episode to each epi- to each episode of the show. You know, I was far more entertained than Josh was by the Halo TV series, but it was we both agree it wasn't very good. Rings of Power is into the stratosphere on another level. 
It's been so great talking about this show. Dude, a much better experience. I love it. Halo show, uh, is as fun as it was, it's a sci-fi original show. It's what it feels like. Yeah. This is on next level. This is a theatrical experience yeah. in your living room. So it was amazing. Absolutely. I love the experience. I love the ride. I can't wait to be back in Middle Earth. You know what? It was short and sweet, uh, but I appreciate the experience, and I will treasure it forever. Uh, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. Wesley, I'm having crow for dinner tonight. Um, and I had to say that because, you know, as you know, he's bully Wesley. Bully Wesley. He forced me. <laughs> he, he told me in private that if I didn't own up to my mistakes here, he would come to my house and beat my ass. So <laughs> I, I had Oz to is going to get on us for that bit infringement now. <laughs> yeah, well, got to have a little carryover. Got to have a little carryover. You got to love it. But, uh, yeah, dude, this was All right, blast. guys. Well, we loved Rings of Power. That's obvious. We can't shut up about it. We hope you guys loved it, too. Uh, we'd love if you guys could send in an email or a voice clip or come in the Discord or come on Twitter. We wish you all Let the us luck know what you world. thought of it. I wish you all the luck in the world, even if you didn't like the show, you little piece of shit. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, just let us know what you thought of it. Maybe we missed something. Maybe we skipped over something. Maybe we said something highly inaccurate. Come tell us about it. We'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, let us know if you want us to, you know, maybe do an oddball on Desolation of Smog soon instead of something We're Halo. We're thinking of doing that. Uh, so. Maybe. Uh, if you still want Halo, that's fine, too. But maybe. We just made. Smog the terrible. What do you say? Smog the terrible. Yeah. Oh, the greatest collab. Guys, you know you want to hear me talk about Tariel for an hour with Brian. I mean, come on. Well, how does how does how does Beaufort say that in the first? He says, um, "Think." He, how does he, I'm trying to think of it. Think furnace with wings. <laughs> like first, first you're standing there. Then nothing. Then Guys, second, you're nothing more me, than a pile of Let me give you a little sizzle if we talk about desolation of smog. Tariel, we're gonna talk about bomber spinning around in a fucking uh, what was it? A, a case? Okay, whatever that was, a casket or oh, something. a barrel, barrel, barrel. Yeah, the barrel riders. And you know, on top of it, we're gonna talk about the GoPro cams that showed up for a brief few seconds in that movie okay. and how weird that was. Or when Bilbo stabs that spider and the spider's like, it stings. Yeah, sting. and then he's like, sting. We also have to talk about uh, Thorin's dad, who in the theatrical versions um, oh, is oh, how different. It, it, literally, how different it is. Night, yeah, it's night and day. So much stuff to talk about. CGI horses. On Battle of Five Armies. In Battle of Five Armies, guys, in the theatrical, the dwarves and the elves never fight. They never clash steel at all. But in the extended edition, they literally fight and kill each other. It's insane. We'll get we there eventually. we got a lot to talk about guys, with that, yeah. You, there, I know I can't speak for everyone who listens to our podcast, but the majority of what I've seen in the Discord and Twitter is... People have fully adapted and got on board to us talking about Middle Earth instead of Halo, and that's been pretty badass. <laughs> it means a lot, actually, we love it. guys. We, we love, love Halo. you guys. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. Hey. And as always, keep it sacred. The sun is fast falling beneath trees of stone. The light in the tower no longer my home. Past eyes of pale fire, black sand for my bed. I trade all I've known for the unknown ahead. Call to me, call to me.